And how many people right now are saying, How much do I have to drink? Why, why, why am I hearing this? What's, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yes, the last time we were here, it was Happy New Year. It was. And as we were driving in tonight, it was very much like New Year's, but wow, a lot of people out celebrating Valentine's Day. Yes. So happy Valentine's Day celebration. Oh, by the way, he's Steve. And, and she's Johnny. That's right. And we're glad that you could join us tonight. And tonight is really, a, it just worked out this way. This is an anniversary of sorts mm-hmm. for us because we know exactly where we were 35 years ago tonight, Valentine's Day evening. And uh, we'll we'll talk about this a little later, but the short story is it was Valentine's Day, and I know how corny this sounds, Valentine's Day 1985. The Dan Fabian, who was then the program director of WGN, later became the general manager, He had the idea of putting the two of us together. I had started doing basically fill-in at WGN Christmas Eve of 1984. Dan had the idea he'd always wanted to do a male-female team and had tried... Now, this will take you back if you're a long-time WGN listener... He had tried with Catherine Catalane and Michael Feldman, and that was the classic oil and water. Boy, did it not work. Both nice people, but oh boy, and did so it not work. Oh, oh. And, and it always amazed me that on the heels of that, that he was still willing to try a male-female combo. And we were newlyweds, which was, yeah. I mean, we hadn't even been married a year. And I was working at another radio station. What and, was then WCLR. And he went to the other radio station and asked them if, if I could come over and, and do something with you. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know, we're a music station and she's doing traffic and news over here. And we don't see a problem with that. And so the way Dan had it set up, it really, I started doing the show. It, this was, was Dan's, so corny. Dan's idea of as close to a script as we ever got here. I started the show by myself, and then you surprised me. Ooh, look at who's For here. Valentine's Day. Your first Valentine is a married man. Here I am. <laughs> and, of course, Dan was standing out in the hall pushing me, going, now, now, yeah. now's the time to go. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. This doesn't feel just right. But then it felt really good once yeah. I sat down. And we had done shows before down the street at WIND mm-hmm. before we were married. And Never our, as a team. We had just kind of uh, sat in on each other's shows. Show. But this was a big deal, and this was the 7 to 9 p.m. show. And when we got off the air, we went to Houlihan's at Old Orchard to mm-hmm. celebrate. Mm-hmm. And they had the best mocha chocolate cake <laughs> to this day. It's the, the thing of fantasy. Oh, baby, it was oh, like baby, oh, baby. Fun. <laughs> Okay, Barry, back off. It was like five layers, and it was fudgy, and they put hot fudge. Oh, and remember, they put chocolate, chocolate chip, Haagen-Dazs ice cream on top of it. And that wasn't just for us. Mm-hmm. That's the way it was. Yep. And, oh, my gosh, it was, you know, that's a lousy place to start the show, because all I've got is a piece of toast for the night. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much. We've got a big show coming up. This is the Matt Bubala show. Yes, and uh, Matt is taking the night off, and it just, the universe just... 
made it work out that uh, WGN called and said, hey, are you guys still in town? We said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, uh, do you want to come in and uh, do a radio drive-by for an evening? And we said, well, on that particular evening, sure, because it's a fun anniversary, so it'll be kind of fun to share it with the kids. So here we are. And we'll be here till 5 this morning. Coming up in a few minutes, uh, one of the people who has joined us so many times over the years that we've been at WGN. And we think one of our first musical guests yeah. going back to the beginning. Jim Peterick. Mm-hmm. You know Jim from the Ides of March and from Survivor. Jim will be joining us in a few minutes. Do you know that 35 years ago he would have been with Survivor? Yeah. And 35 years ago Survivor had one of the top 10 records on the charts this very month. I know it's all just kind of falling yeah. together. It's a little spooky it's... how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> then a little later tonight, uh, a voice that you're very familiar with, Roger Badish, is going to join us because it's so exciting. Roger's autobiography is done. It's going to be published. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, And how you can sign up for yes. your purchase of a signed copy of said book. We told him that we were going to do our part to mm-hmm. get him over the finish line with that. And this is the final weekend for the Chicago Auto Show. So a little later in the show, our friend Tom Appel, who is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, will join us. And uh, along with talking about cars in general, we'll talk about some of the things you should absolutely consider must-see things if you're going to the auto show this weekend. And uh, we we have some other surprises planned, but we won't tell you because if we did, you wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I'm glad you said we, we'd have to kill you. Um, let's introduce uh, Miss Jess, who's on the other side of the glass. She's here every Friday night, keeping Matt Bubala out of jail. Right, Jess? Trying to. <laughs> so people are saying, where is Matt? <laughs> Don't they know he's a hopeless romantic? He is. And he, they're probably off on some crazy three-day holiday weekend with roses and chocolates. and Right? Uh, well, actually, he is in Vegas this weekend Ooh. for a work-related function with Black Dog. Oh. Um, so I'm sure he's down there with some of his co-partners. co-partners. Right. Like, well, Steve Dale. Yeah, Steve Dale mm-hmm. is one of them. So that kind of blows a hole in the whole, it's a romantic weekend for yeah. Matt. <laughs> but I'm sure he celebrated what? with his lovely wife, Colleen, prior to going to Vegas. I was fascinated by the fact that Roe was off. Dave Plyer was off, and I'm thinking, all these guys, good for them, taking this like mm-hmm. it's a Christmas. You know, oh, I've got to yeah. have the holiday off. And in <laughs> our case, it's like, it's a holiday, let's work. That's what we've been doing sure, for 35 years. Yeah. So. And maybe a little later tonight, we'll talk about uh, your most, would we want to say, romantic or adventurous Valentine's Day? Well, a quick uh, flashback. It was 30 years ago tonight that we were all digging out of the big Valentine's blizzard. And that was a huge, huge deal. And I will never forget that because that day on Valentine's Day, and this is when we were still over at the Tribune Tower, there was a WGN radio staff meeting. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we all came down for the staff meeting. And the staff meeting went, what, about two hours Right. And it was okay when we went into the staff meeting. And when we came out, it was like Snowmageddon. 
Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Do you remember nine months later, we pitched for calls from nursing moms, yeah. all of the babies that were born as a result of that Valentine's <laughs> yep. blizzard? All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover over the next few hours, and we just hope that you will stick around. Hi, Sue. She's checking in. She says, glad to hear you guys. We've hey, had Sue. a couple of texts from people saying, oh my gosh, thank you for starting with your theme song. It's Everything is right in my world now. <laughs> you guys, you're so easy, and that's what we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> and so are we, but that's another story. So we'll take a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Hey, well, I'm the friendless stranger in the black sedan. Won't you hop inside my car? Put your hand on the radio, everybody. Say amen. Amen, brother. Yes, that is the uh, Ides of March and Brother Jim Peterick who is uh, nice enough to get up real, real early and hang out with us. Hey, Jim, how you doing, buddy? Amen. Amen. <laughs> how are you, Jim Peterick? I am great, Stephen Johnny. Thank you for having me on the show. You are the busiest man. You're the busiest person in showbiz. And, and, Except for Stephen Johnny. <laughs> well, and we were just thinking, uh, since this is the literally the 35th anniversary of when Johnny and I first did a show together on WGN, you may be the guest that we've had on more than anybody else. Catching up on sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Well, th- this is a busy, busy weekend for you. First of all, uh, uh, I'm turning on the blatant plug light because this is the 50th anniversary for the Ides of March, and you guys have a killer album out that we're going to play a, uh, a cut from in just a few minutes. The album is called Play On. So your 50th anniversary album, but also specifically today, 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, you're doing a kind of a, a unique appearance. Do you want to explain what that's all about? By request only, at the grand reopening of Barber's Books in, in the um, Village Center in Burr Ridge, my old, not my old, my my home, Burr Ridge, not Berwyn, Burr Ridge. Uh-huh. I, I like the bees, I guess. But, uh, you know, the bookstore is kind of a vanishing breed. Yes. I mean, not as bad as the record store, mm-hmm. but... Um, we love, I love Barber's books, and it's a great chain. And that's where I go to get I, my habit uh, filled, which is rock rock and roll biographies. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have, oh, I'm, I'm looking at a wall now of books that are everything from you know Bruce Springsteen to Ray Davies to Billy Joel to Joe Vitale to I mean, unbelievable. Well, now I get to say thanks to Barber's books for for uh, feeding my habit, and um, I'm going to be bringing my guitar. Uh, and taking requests and signing a couple of things, signing my my uh, as you mentioned my the 55th uh, anniversary of the Ides of March to play it on, uh, and then also my book called Through the Eye of the Tiger, mm-hmm. which you I think I think you're familiar with. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm blushing. Excuse me. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, you guys are the greatest, and, and 
Now, of course, uh, I'm also going to be signing my new calendar. Uh, it's a two-year calendar, which I'm going to put one in the mail to you guys well, uh, if you. I haven't already. And uh, it's tr- covers 2020 and 2021. It's called Jim Peter Stars, Guitars, and Stories. And um, oh. as you know, Steve, and I say Steve because you're another guitar junkie. Yep. Uh, yeah, my Jones is, is collecting guitars uh, ever since I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got my very first electric. Um, I didn't call myself a collector. I just ca- called myself a kid that could never sell a guitar, only kept buying them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, you know the, you know the, uh, the habit. Uh, and this guitar uh, will feature, it features a different uh, concert format every month from Ides of March to, uh, you know, world stage to my uh, country group called uh, Storm Chasers to Cornerstones of Rock, which I know you guys know. Oh, yeah. Rich, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Rice is part of that. Or rap and, rap, what, what do you call him? Rap and Rabbi? What <laughs> the, the, the Rock and Rabbi. The Rock and Rabbi. The Rock and Rap and Rabbi. Ronnie Rice is part of that, of course. And, and uh, The Crying Shame, Shadows and Night, Jimmy Sons, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Colony Six, uh, Elio Haynes, Jeremiah, well, Ted Aliota, uh, the surviving member of that group. Uh, and so every month in, in 2020 is a different concert format and a different guitar feature. And then 2021, it's a two-year two, um, two calendar. I hand-wrote uh, lyrics to some of my most, um, you know, my biggest hits, including the original manuscript of, of Eye of the Tiger, complete with wrong lyrics and crossed-out phrases. Cool. And, uh, anyway, I'm going to be signing those, and so everybody can uh, pick one of those up. And I'm taking requests. I decided, you know, everybody knows, you know, what I'm going to play usually. Well, I'm going to say, do you have any requests? And this time I'm going to mean it. And no matter what people say, whether I remember the song or not, I'm going to play it. Uh, so that's, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, it's today, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is today. Yes. Yeah, you'll be there in about 12 hours. You'll be setting up in fact, uh, About 12 hours from now, you're going to be taking our names yes. in vain and saying, why the heck did I get up early? No, no, never in vain. You guys have been so great uh, through the years. Always enjoyed being on Steve and Johnny because you love what you do, number one, and you love music. And you weren't afraid of playing something new that no one has ever heard before on the radio, which, which I love. And radio now is so, and I'm not dissing radio, I love radio, but it's so formatted. And so stiff and so, well, don't talk. The DJs can't yeah. talk, you know, and that's okay. I love music, but you guys always broke that mold. And you don't know how many times people say, I miss Stephen Johnny. Mm. You know, well, I, I'll be they, 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 I love to hear those stories because they, they miss you. Here, well, you know? I'll be very candid with you, Jim. One of the reasons that... We still occasionally do drive-bys at WGN and that we have a a 35-year history with them is because management at this station has always told us to do whatever it is we want to do. We have never had this kind of freedom and having the freedom to find a new artist 
or a new song that somebody uh, wouldn't be able to get played right. on thousands of radio stations and say, hey, th- take a listen to this. This is some good stuff. That's one of the reasons that we have enjoyed coming in and doing this. And people ask us frequently, especially when we're out doing our book signings, they will say, what is it that you miss the most about doing the show? Certainly it's not the loss of sleep, but doing this five nights a week, the one thing that we always come back to is introducing our audience to new music. That was always so much fun. Well, but being able to introduce our audience to a, I, I will never forget this night, a Sunday night, a cold Sunday night. And we got this little girl, we got her album, we loved her album, we said, you're going to be in Chicago, would you mind coming down and hanging out with us? She schlepped her magnetone amplifier at 2 o'clock in the at morning, two o'clock in the morning by and herself. Her and her uh, her Telecaster that had stickers of Piglet and Pooh and all kinds of things. And that was the first time anybody in Chicago radio had Susan Tedeschi on. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Two o'clock in the morning, all by herself. And then a few years later, she was in here with Derek Trucks, and then the rest was, yeah. was history. Yeah. But there were so many well, people like that that we got to introduce our audience to. And, and Jim, I don't know if you heard a minute ago, I said, you know, looking back 35 years ago, what we were playing on the radio, we were playing you and High on You with Survivor. Oh, my God. Can you believe that it was this 35 month years ago, that this month. It was month. released. Oh my God! Wow! Wow! <laughs> I that looked at the. I said that is so crazy. Um, you wrote that with Frank Sullivan, right? Right. And that was like your second. Was that your second uh, single from the album? The, uh, yes, I can't back was first uh, from the Vital Signs album, nineteen eighty-four, mm-hmm. and, and then High on You, and then Search is Over. And uh, what a what a great time! Isn't it that, really was. You'll have to play a little bit of that uh, on Saturday afternoon. A little high on you, since it is, after all, the anniversary of the song. Hey, Jim, can you sit tight with us for just a minute? We'll come back right after we take a quick break. You got it. All right, talking to Jim Peterick here on WGN Radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. We're going to uh, uh, rather than coming out of the uh, the break with a bump. Because we got to let uh, Jim get some sleep at some point. We thought we'd just go right back to Jim Peterick. And then in just a couple minutes, we're going to play what is my absolute favorite song from the uh, Ides of March album, Play On. It's their 55th anniversary album. It's called Friends Like You uh, with Mindy Bear, And it is just one of those songs that once it gets in the jukebox in my mind, it stays there and stays there and stays there. Uh, Jim, I think this is one of the best things you've ever written. Oh, that is so nice to hear, you know, uh, and it's probably my favorite, too. I mean, Play On is a very special album for us. We said this has got to be the best album we've done. I mean, uh, of course, you always say that, but uh, this time we really put our, our best foot forward and hired a producer named Fred Mullen to produce, and it all paid off. And we had special guests like Mindy Bear and uh, David Pack of Ambrosia, uh, the great Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad, mm-hmm. um, and I know I'm going to you know miss so many, but uh, you know this song was actually um, a, a video, and I, I think you probably saw yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It, it was mm-hmm. held at my son's studio, uh, mm-hmm. the Jam Lab, with everybody having a party, and friends like you are hard to find. Every it seems like everybody relates to that, whether it's a bowling league or a band yeah. or a bunch of high school buddies or just your your significant other. Uh, it 
It's all about friendship. It's all about friends. And that motivated the whole song for us. Well, speaking of significant others. Yes, Jim. I, you know I'm a hopeless romantic, and I have always loved your story with Karen. And since we're on the <laughs> heels of Valentine's Day, you kids were, you were just kids. Was it 1968 when you first met at a concert? You got that right. 1968, uh, yeah. A tur- oh, wait, it was a turtle, Turtles concert? Yep. All right. April 9th, 1968, waiting to hear, hear the turtles at Riverside Brookfield High School, uh-huh. seeing this gorgeous girl who had a light around her. Uh, I don't know who did the lighting, but it was great. <laughs> uh, and we just, you know, I was so shy, and finally she said, aren't you Peterick? Oh, my God. You know, changed my life. <laughs> 47 years later, she's still my loving wife, and we had a great Valentine's Day. We cooked in, made lamb chops, had the best time. Again, people are saying, how many years? 47 years they are still together. And this <laughs> this guy has been in the entertainment industry for all those years. And for anybody who doesn't know, Karen was the subject of Vehicle. That was the inspiration for you writing Vehicle, right? That was the thing. You know, they say the better the inspiration, the better the song. She um, used to have me drive her everywhere. This was after we were dating. <laughs> and after a while, I just got, got, got resentful. You know, I thought I'd get a kiss on the cheek. No, this is not a date, Jim. <laughs> got it. Okay. Finally, I said, all I am is your limousine service, baby. You know, I mean, in, in my mind, I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought of a word that just, man, I'm your vehicle, baby. And, uh, you know, we recorded. We caught lightning in a bottle, guys. Went Went to the... Columbia Studios on on uh, Fairbanks, and in two takes, cut cut the song that changed my life forever, and that song's still around. Yep. And Karen's still around, so it's a good story. It is a yeah. great story. Do you remember the first time you heard Vehicle on the radio? Oh God, yes. Uh, you know, it, we had just done a show at at um, Morton West High School, and we were coming home, and we we're unpacking the gear, and all of a sudden. And I think it was on WLS. Or, mm-hmm. You know, the stories change, but I think it was WLS, and I think it was Art Roberts who played New from the Ides of March, Vehicle. Ba-da-ba-ba-da. Man, we stopped unloading that equipment, and we sat in that car and blasted it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I get goosebumps because we were watching for the umpteenth time that thing you do the other night. And that yes. is the best scene when they are heard on the radio for the first time. And they're running down. The, Liv Tyler is running, screaming. And she's yeah. holding her radio up. And they run into the store, the appliance store, and tell Dad. Everybody turns up all the radios. I get goosebumps because just imagine what that would be like. And you were just kids. You you guys in the Ides were just like they were in the movie. You were kids. Yep. You were teenagers. Yeah, that movie pretty much sums up the whole experience. Yeah. I was 19 years old. And... Um, you know, we didn't know. We didn't know it was going to be a number one record. I mean, who knew? We thought yeah. this was a, a nice song that filled the dance floor, and, and we put it forth on our demo reel because we didn't think it was a hit. You know, <laughs> you never know. And that's why they people they pay people to tell you when things are a hit or not, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, correct. And Art Roberts is the one who said uh, to our managers, you know, it's a great song. I'll play it if you put answers to the love you, love you, need you, need you. We didn't have the answers on it. Went back in the studio and put the answers on, and Art put it right on the radio. Oh, my gosh. I never heard that part of the story. 
Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because you need that. Because when you're, you know, sitting around with friends and the song comes on the radio, you you get your parts. You know, you're the backup part. I'm the lead singer. And that's one of the good things about the song. <laughs> well, I, I'm, you're, you're so right. I'm going to turn on the blatant plug light for a couple of seconds because we should mention a couple upcoming shows you have in addition to the appearance that you're doing this afternoon at the grand reopening of Barbara's Books in Burr Ridge. Well, uh, that's 2, o- two o'clock, by two the o'clock, way. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then on the, uh, let's see, on the 4th of March, the Ides of March are going to be at the uh, City Winery in Chicago. What a great location. We love the City Winery. Oh, yeah. It's a great room. Intimate. uh, Sound is great. Food is great. Mm -hmm. And and something that nobody says, they treat the bands and artists so good there. Yeah. You know, I mean, no offense to a lot of places, but... You know, you get these crummy deli trays with stale sausage, you know, <laughs> and they take us to the, their dining room upstairs, uh, you know, where, where the entertainment eats. And we have a feast, anything on the menu. And boy, does that make you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. 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 Then we should also mention that uh, on the 14th of March, you are going to be at a place. That it's a new place that uh, we're very curious about because... Ron Onesti's place. Uh, now this one is up in Highwood. He's like the right. hardest working man in, in food service. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It's going to be 210 Live in Highwood, and you're going to be there on the 14th of March. Which is the Ides of the Ides of March, right? The Ides of the Ides of the Ides, <laughs> yeah. Yes. What, what she said. No, right. so true. It's also Bob Berglund's birthday, our bass player. Uh, so... We'll definitely uh, be celebrating that. I also wanted to say at, at City Winery, we have Anthony Gomes, uh, the oh, great oh, cool. blues player, who's yeah. going to uh, come on stage and rip it up. He was on my, well, you know, I, I really discovered two really great artists in my career. You, you talk about Susan Tedeschi. My Tedeschi story is discovering uh, Kathy Richardson. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, sir. Yes. Amazing singer who... Uh, you know, I was filling up my Jaguar with gas, and God knows that that car, that car saw more time time in the shop than on the road. But uh, and the fellow that was filling my tank, yes, that was when people filled your tank. Said, you know, my daughter sings. I go, oh boy, here we go. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be at the gates of heaven, and, and God's going to say, Jim, I got this girl. You got it. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and. <laughs> And and I said, well, that's great. And he gave me her card, and, and uh, I didn't call. And suddenly, I got a call from uh, Linda Mensch, the great music attorney here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jim, you know that guy you met at the gas station? You really got to. Finally, I called her. Kathy came over, knocking her knees, so nervous, and sang for me at, at the studio. And I just flipped out. I produced her first album, Moon Not Banana, and now she's. You know, not only the star of Janice, uh, she was the star of uh, Love Janice on Broadway and all around the country, but now she's the deemed official lead singer of Jefferson Starship. I mean, literally, Grace Slick handed her the baton. And anyway, so I'm very proud of of that. and I was leading from something to someone. Oh, Anthony Gomes was the other guy. Oh, okay. And I was at the Guitar Center in, in Lombard, and I was looking at the strap, and this young, uh, long-haired guy who looked like a rock star uh, says, may I help you? I said, yeah, 
I can't reach that red strat up there. Can you help me out? Uh-huh. He got the ladder, got the strat out. And uh, and I said, Are you, do you play? He said, yeah. I said, well, I want you to play this. I want to hear the guitar. I don't yeah. want to just play it. Plugged it in and blew my mind. That was Anthony Gomes. Wow. Handed me a cassette tape on the way uh, back home. I didn't buy the guitar, I don't think. Uh, that was the only one I never bought. Anyway, so uh, I listened to the cassette. It was phenomenal. And I called him back, called the number on the cassette. and said, is that you singing too? And he says, well, yeah. And two weeks later, Larry and I flew up to Toronto where he was living. That's his hometown. Mm-hmm. Heard him play at this tiny little club with 15 people and did his first album, uh, Blues and Technicolor. And now... We're writing his new album, and he's going to be with with the Ides of March on the fourth of March. Oh, cool. that's City, great! City Winery, City yeah. Winery, and and uh, people can follow you at a number of places. They can go to jimpeterick dot com and follow you, or the Ides of March music. Now, if you type in just the Ides of March, you're going to get a lot of stuff about yeah. the Ides of March. But the yeah. Ides of March music, you can get all kinds of information. And actually, it's not music; it's just the Ides of March. The Ides of March. Yes, you would think after all these years, I would know that. <laughs> you, do, you do know that it's, it's early. You know. You know, I'm going to take you back. Oh, real quick to uh, uh, another. Uh, moment of kismet i guess you were on the show with us one night it was about 2 30 in the morning cause oh I, remember I know where you're going we were going into the paul harvey report yeah. and you were getting ready to leave you and a couple of the guys from the ides and uh lisa mcclowry who had never met you had been on our show heard you and you were talking about you were going to be doing the signing of your book about songwriting for dummies right you left. She calls. We said, you've got to go. She did. You guys made this wonderful connection. And it uh-huh. is so exciting to watch her career go off. She's in Texas this weekend doing shows as Cher. And I'm telling you, people, you've got to see her as Cher. But one of my favorite moments was when she went to Home Depot dressed as Cher in the leather corset Have you today. seen the YouTube video of this? Oh, my gosh. It's a hoot. She no, went. No, people, I, I didn't. I didn't tell me about this. People, she, people are in Home Depot, and all of a sudden, was it Home Depot? Because she's picking no, up, no. It, it was. It was a Walmart. Because she's picking up stuffed animals. And all of a sudden, coming down one of the aisles in Walmart in full share outfit I mean, the and the black attitude. leather corset, the you know, over the the thigh high boots, the uh, and she's shopping. And she's yeah. you know getting a teddy bear here and a teddy bear yes. there, and the people in Walmart are freaking out. Oh, it's it is wonderful. so cool. It is wonderful. But then oh again, Jim has to put up with that all the time because he's the man with the purple hair. And they're like, oh, who's the man with the purple hair? He must be somebody. Isn't that right, Jim? People do that. Well, you know me. I, I just like to blend in. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very subtle. Can I just tell a real quick story? Um, we were in Florida, Panama City Beach. We were in Boondocks. We had the good fortune of having Jim and Mindy Bear, who yep. were there for the Jazz Fest, the Seabreeze Jazz Fest. We'd taken them to dinner there. It's a Friday night. The place is jam-packed. with this waiting. Uh, 45-minute wait. Jim is wearing skin-tight, I think you had on um, like a snake-skinny kind of pants, tucked inside your turquoise cowboy boots. You had on a uh, tiger print T-shirt, skin-tight. Now, again, we're in kind of like redneck country, if you know where I'm going. He's got the purple hair. He's rocking the purple hair. We walk in, and it kind of got quiet as we're walking in because they're like, who the hell is that? 
Yeah. And there was a big round table of a bunch of good old boys over there. Yep. And our hostess and the owner of the place is walking back with us. And I remembered she was a big Auburn fan. And I said to her, Hillary, this is the man who gave you Eye of the Tiger. And she stops. <gasps> Oh my gosh! And then Jim and then starts, Jim starts in the middle of this restaurant a cappella. Jim starts singing "Eye, Eye of, the, of Tiger. the Tiger," to which the big table of the big old boys, the good old boys, turned and went. One of them recognized you then and said, that, "That's Jim Peterick." <laughs> then I was like, "Yay! We're with a rock star, and they know it." You know, great. <laughs> That was such a cool moment, Jim. Yeah, it was a great. And thanks for dinner, by the way. But you know, I don't care. I, you know, there's there's something about uh, what I do that makes you bulletproof. If you're not, I, I know I'm not, but I don't care. I walk in with my. Now I've got a, this paisley top hat. And oh, I walk into right. a Seven Eleven. Yep. In the middle of the, the deep south. Yep. And, and I, I, I don't care. God I, bless you. I, Again, you're being incognito. You know, Yes, yes. I love it, Jim. Yeah, always be you. I mean, kids should take a page from Jim. You should write a book on how to be yourself and yeah. and and be comfortable in your own skin because that's what we're seeing and that's what everybody loves about you. Oh, well, my God. There's a book, guys. Yeah. You know, what did you say, Johnny? What did you call it? Being comfortable in your own skin? Yeah, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be afraid to be you. Yes, you know? yeah. yes. Uh, Oh, there's a book in there. It re- there really is. Absolutely. You know, um, well, how about how about be your own hero? How about that? Oh, that's good. Okay. Ooh, that that's works. That's a song too. But we'll t- well, it, I'm trying to write that right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, right now. No, and, that, but, and that's how it happens with Jim too. He just grabs a piece of dialogue and boom, he runs with it. Well, come well. on. Uh, we know we got to let you get some sleep because it, literally it is uh, 12 hours and 12 minutes from right now, and you're going to be at Barbara's Bookstore. <laughs> so we got to let you get some sleep. Oh, man. Oh, thank but, you so Jim, much. Thank you so much. Give Karen a hug, and uh, the four of us have to get together at, uh, in the not-too-distant future. But we're going to wrap this up with, as I said earlier, this is my absolute, as much as I love everything on the album, this is my absolute favorite cut. This is Jim Peterick, The Ides of March, with Mindy Bear, and this is Friends Like You.
wait for that this is going to be the year for the socks if you're just joining us steve king and johnny putman on wgn radio and uh, celebrating a 35th anniversary of the first time that him and her were him and her on wgn and we mentioned earlier that after we finished the show 35 years ago doing our first show together we went to Hands up in old orchard one of our favorite restaurants at that time. But we were giddy because we had just done the show. We pulled it off. The audience didn't know that when I came in and surprised you that it was all staged so that we could get thrown together as a couple and then the yep. rest would be history. Well, that night, the very first person that we two giddy nuts started spilling our guts to was our waiter at Hands, And he became our favorite waiter at Hands. And he's Keith Van. And Keith is with us online. Hey, Keith. How you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Do you remember 35 years ago when we came in and sat down and we said, yeah? I do. I can't find my car keys 15 minutes ago, but I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly remember the mocha cake we were talking about, right? Yes. Four layers of uh, chocolate cake with uh, coffee-flavored frosting on it and Haagen-Dazs vanilla chip. Oh, that was so good. No, it was chocolate chocolate chip, Keith. And, Johnny, I'm sending you the recipe for it. Oh, please. Because I have it. Oh, you're kidding. You are kidding me. Oh, my God. I do. If you have it, I'll make it, and you come to the house, we'll have coffee and cake and reminisce. How's that? That would be great. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) Now, you were at uh, Hands for a while because we wouldn't go to Hands unless we called ahead, and my mother said, unless Keith is there, I'm not going to Hands. (laughs) That's the truth. You were her favorite because you always catered to her. You were the best waiter. 
But you thank left. You, thank you, you. You left that and then went into uh, uh, the airline business, flight attendant, right? I went into another restaurant. It was with uh, what was Marshall Fields downtown. I ran a walnut room for a couple of years. That's right. And then um, wound up being the corporate trainer for Rainforest Cafe. Wow. And opened up like 15 of those and then went to United Airlines. Oh, I didn't know about that restaurant period between Hands and the airline. Somehow we missed yeah. that. Oh, I, I, know I didn't why. know about the rainforest. Thing. I know why we didn't have social media back then to keep up with yeah. you. Because that's what I love no. about Facebook. I can picture your Christmas tree in my head because we get to keep up with each other that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Except it, you beat me. You beat me this year because I had my hip, with my uh, left hip replaced. Yes. Well, you and so, I were we were joking about thirty five years ago, uh, private messaging on Facebook. We said, "Yes, that was back when the hair was different. We had our original hips and yes, all that yes. uh, teeth and all that good stuff." Well, uh-huh. Keith, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and to keep up with you on Facebook. And, and seriously, always great to see you guys too. And I'm glad to hear you on the radio tonight. I stayed up extra late for you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. And, and seriously, if you send Johnny that recipe, we'll have you over for yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, we'll, absolutely. That would be great. We'll we'll get crazy with uh, mocha cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'll, I'll even tip in for the liposuction after. Oh, <laughs> such a deal. Thank you, okay. Keith. Love you lots Take and care, n- nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. Thanks guys. a lot, Keith. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was uh, 35, 35 years, years, ago. years ago. And we sat down at the booth and we said, guess what? And he said, what? And we said, you know WG? And he goes, well, yeah, who doesn't? And then and, and we said, we just did a show there. What? <laughs> so he had us to calm down. We ate our food. And then he brought out the cake and we celebrated. And we have more show to do tonight. And uh, we have some, some surprises coming up. And Roger Badish and uh, Talking Cars and a bunch more. So stay with us at WGN. <laughs> Johnny. 
Again, I keep thinking of somebody or a couple who just stumbled in after a a, 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 a little, night of partying on a little too much champagne. Yeah, and they're turning on the radio and saying, "Ha ha what?" In oh, fact, huh? Uh, huh? I, I looked on Facebook and, and Bill Schuster is the latest one to, to type in. I thought I was dreaming when I heard your names and then your voices. And no, you're not dreaming. This is the Matt Bubala show. And he's on till five o'clock in the morning, but he's in Vegas working, working hard. Um, so we're here slaving over hot microphones. And, and, and it just happened when uh, WGN management asked if, if we were in town and if we could do another drive by. We said, well, Okay, and it just happened that this is the 35th anniversary of the first time that him and her were him and her on WGN. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, we have uh, s- over 6,200 shows under our belt, mm-hmm. something like 6,248 shows. But who's counting? I know, it's just a lot of words. Uh, on this night shift, for many, many years, you heard one particular voice bringing you the news, and that was the voice of Roger Badish. And Roger has some big news, and if you don't follow him on Facebook, you're missing a whole lot. Like the fact that today is Butterscotch and Jack Daniels Day. Yeah. I know that thanks to Roger. Um, but Roger is going to be a published author. Roger Badish, good morning. Hey, Raj. It's uh, 10 degrees, uh, minus 4 O'Hare. I'm Raj Badish. I should call it those very own 720 WTN. Old habits are hard to break, aren't oh, they? Oh, wait a minute. Is that is the news over now? It's over oh, now. Sorry. Now you can talk to the host. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last time we saw Roger, we were all partying on New Year's Eve in this yes, very studio. Yes, Roger yes. And, and Bridget were here celebrating mm-hmm. with us, and that was great fun. And, you know, we have a, a, a it's, it's an old wives' tale. It's a superstition we've said this for 35 years whatever you do on new year's day you'll do the rest of the year and i went well look at this we're back at the radio station i know <laughs> so. can't keep you guys away we I... change the locks we change the address roger we change the phone number <laughs> even though management has changed we have pictures on the right people that are still here oh, so we can you do it. yeah we kind of get our way as long as we remind them that we have those pictures <laughs> um, hey congratulations the big news well, thank you. you are going thank to you be so much. a published author and, and, and we're so excited about this not only because we've been following the uh, the years that you've spent putting your book together but also yeah. on a personal level i am so tickled that the publisher you went with is the same publisher that published my brother lee's book and, and yeah. you, you are in such good hands yeah it's uh eckhart's uh, plus is a great place uh, for small publishers. Um, I mean, they're not the the big international Harry Potter, big famous books, but they have a catalog that is so large from all of the authors that they have given a chance, a voice, if you will. And they're uh, actually to tell their story. They, they will actually pay attention to their authors and not just. Uh, pay attention to the Stephen Kings or, or the people that are that are the big names. They will actually pay attention and help you, and so we couldn't be happier. Now, I appreciate, of course, with all the emails that I've sent uh, uh, Rick uh, over the past week, I, I think he may pass me off to someone else. <laughs> um, I, I have been bugging him about every little thing because it's, uh, I mean, because it's your book. This is the 
second book I've written, mm-hmm. but it's the first on the scale. The first book I wrote was for um, uh, actually a, 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 someone who put out handbooks for radio stations. This was back in 73-ish, and um, it was on how to stage a radio event. Hmm. So it was a technical handbook. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long. Um, and as long as I made sure everything was spelled right, it was fine. Mm-hmm. This is a lot different. First of all, it's personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has so many of the stories in it in more detail, um, telling the truth, as we'll, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, about some of the stories uh, that I've told overnight uh, with Nick, with Brian, uh, even with you guys back in 2011 on the right. overnight. Yep. Uh, Back when um, I was uh, stuck on Lakeshore Drive, mm-hmm. and um, well, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt yeah. you right there because yeah. one of the things that that grabbed us right away is the picture that is the cover <laughs> photo for Roger's book is the picture that was taken that night, and and those of you who were longtime listeners of ours remember the night we're talking about. This was an emotional night. I'm not overstating the case. We and our listeners didn't know if Roger was going to make it out alive. Right. And I am not overstating the case. It was well, Roger, that kind of a night. You thought you were going to die. Yeah. I mean, everybody that we talked yeah. to that night thought we've been forgotten. We're on Lakeshore Drive. We're snowed in mm-hmm. our cars. And we just might die here. We've been here for eight, ten hours now. And it yeah, was it a was, scary It was night. a lot a lot longer uh, than that by the time I oh, got yeah. in the car and by the time they got us out in the bus. And got you to the, the hospital. The next morning, yeah. the next day, and got me yeah. to the hospital. Well, and one of the big problems was, and I, I didn't mean to scare everyone, was that as the car died, so did my power source for my phone. Right. Yep. So I was incommunicado. Right. I couldn't even file any stories. I couldn't do anything. Um, and, and I knew that people were worrying. I was worried about Bridget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I'm, <laughs> it was so weird. My daughter, um, uh, the next day, I think it was the next day, maybe a couple of days later, but uh, she texted me because one of my reports, or maybe I, I had been filing a story that morning, that she was listening, and our granddaughters were listening. Mm. And one of them said, it sounds like Grandpa's crying. Oh. And and I think I probably was, because I was, in addition to having been found and, and brought back to civilization, along with everybody else stuck on Lake Shore Drive, and there were hundreds stuck on the drive, um, that... Uh, I had, you know, the, the frostbite in my feet had been mm-hmm. kind of taken care of, and I was able to tell what had happened and let everybody know that we were okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was kind of, um, uh, that, that got to me 
uh, oh, yeah, yeah. she thought that I was crying when I didn't realize that's how my voice sounded. Yeah. Well, as I've said, uh, that was one of three times I've cried on the radio was when you got to the hospital and you called yeah. us. And oh, I, I realized at that point I was so stressed. It was going yep. on five o'clock in the morning. And I just freaked out and let it rip. I was just like, oh, yeah. uh, Roger, we got to take a quick break. We'll come yeah. right back. We're talking with newsman, WGN newsman and soon to be published author, Roger Badish. Stay with us right here on WGN Radio. King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That sounds like ominous music. It sounds like Halloween, not Valentine's. Actually, that's our friend Dwayne Eddy. I know. Who wouldn't know the, the twang? But that's very Halloween-y, very fall. Well, it, and I picked it because it's kind of ominous, and we were talking about an <laughs> ominous night with, oh, with Roger yes. Badish. I, I follow you. Uh, newsman Roger Badish, who you heard on this very show for many, many years and many, many shifts over the years, uh, is a soon-to-be-published author of the book entitled The Unplanned Life. And this is the journey of Roger Badish. And we were talking about that night in February when he and hundreds of other people were stranded on Lakeshore Drive. And that is what you see on the cover of the book, is Roger looking out of his frosted car. I never asked you, Roger, who took that picture of you? Hello? And what happened to Roger? Hmm. Okay, let me try again. Oh. Are, you, are you back with us, Roger? Yes, Roger Sorry, is back. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, yes, you are. I, okay. I, you know what? I got one mistake, and Steve wanted to make me feel better, yes. so he forgot to push the right button. So. <laughs> So who who took that picture of you sitting in the, the, the ice mobile? Uh, quick background on it. From the night, somebody from uh, police officers had come by through the whole row of cars. We were almost at the Belmont exit going northbound on drive. Right. We we're at the curve right before the Belmont exit starts. And uh, a police officer came by earlier in the evening, said, you guys all right? The car was still working. I was still powering up the phone. I said, uh, yeah, we're fine. We were all presuming that somebody was going to come along and plow the road. The, the plows would come out from the city and start clearing out the snow and get us off Lakeshore Drive, which never happened, of course. They came the south side. The, the southbound lanes were completely clear mm-hmm. that night, uh, but they never got to us. So um, after they walked by, the police walked by, all of a sudden, I see someone walking around out in the snow. And I'm thinking, what crazy person would be out? And I'm thinking, hmm, must be someone from the media. Um, uh, so I rolled my window down, and I asked the guy who's taking pictures in front of us, I said, who are you with? He says, Chicago Tribune. Oh. And I go, oh, really? I says, yeah, because at the time, I... I work for the Tribune, too. I work for WGN Radio. He goes, really? He says, yeah. He says, can I take your picture? I go, sure. Click. That's it. And then it appeared on the Tribune's website and all the Tribune properties across the country. It was on their website as all the pictures that were taken from that disaster. 
mm-hmm. from the frozen buses, people on the buses that were stuck, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bus that was abandoned that they showed filled with snow, mm-hmm. um, other cars the day after, uh, and the mess that was on Lakeshore Drive. So it was within that group of pictures. And so we got authorization from the Tribune to use it as the cover, and there it is. It's perfect. It really is. How many years have you been working on uh, the unplanned life of Roger Badish? Seems like forever. Because um, I, I remember you putting on Facebook when you were you were whittling it down, and I mean, you started out with a mini series and, and had yeah, to yeah. do a lot yeah. of editing. Yeah, it's been a little over two years um, because I didn't write every day. I right. wrote maybe once or twice a week, a couple hours at a time. You were very, di- you were very, you were very disciplined, though, Roger. I was very impressed because you'd say, "I'm going to write today," and you would. You'd say, "Oh, I did 25 pages." Yeah, yeah, and then I would go back and redo those 25 pages. Uh, right, right. Um, but I had to do a lot of research, especially from the earlier years, and especially from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Double checking that I had the the right owners that I worked for at the radio stations sure. out there and just different names. And I had to get times right. Like I said, I covered this heavyweight fight and I needed to double check the date on it. So I had to do a lot of back research on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's been a little over two years um, that I've been working on it. You're right. When I finished it, it was as long as two Harry Potter books. Oh, um, and I remember and, when you yeah. you were posting on Facebook how you were st- you had the, this pile of pages and then how you were starting to edit it and go and through pa- the thousands of, that's of words. That's really yes, painful to do. Extremely painful. Um, I ended up with over three hundred thousand words, and I had to get it down to a hundred thousand. Wow! Because this is the you know these. First of all, my life is not worth three hundred thousand words. <laughs> As, as many of the listeners and you guys and a whole bunch of other people, including my family, know, I can be very verbose at times. <laughs> no! <laughs> so I, I found that I had written a lot of stuff that I felt was important to me or maybe to tell a certain story. But really, I had to switch and look at it from someone who didn't know me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and take it from there. And I, and it was easy to edit after that. So, um, I finally got it down. Actually, I finally got it down to a hundred thousand and one words. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's been at the proofreaders now for about, a month, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for it to get back. I will do some more editing, and we're looking to have the release date uh, first or second week in April. And you know, I didn't didn't know when it would come out. But then Rick said, "You know, when would you like it to come out? Here's here's your timeline of when we're going to get everything done. Now that you're done writing it, and I said, you know." I talk a lot about my brother, Rick, mm-hmm. another Rick, right. um, who passed away in 1967. He, were, he was hit by a drunk driver when he was going to school at uh, SIU Carbondale. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it, it kind of would be a nice tribute to him because I talk about him a lot in the book. Um, and 
that it that happened on April seventh, nineteen sixty seven. So we're shooting for like I said, the first or second week in April. We're trying to find a, a location where we can have the release party, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, thanks to you guys who are still appearing at libraries and locations for your book, a little mm-hmm. more or less, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic recollection of your time with Les Paul, uh, especially when you're on the radio. I love those stories. But he used to pop in. He used to call in all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I've started contacting some libraries, Good. trying to set things up now that we have like the end in sight, so to speak. Yes, yes. And Roger, you will love doing the the library circuit because GN people come out. Uh, I, I remember one it, of... It, it's like... It's not so much like doing a personal appearance as it is hanging out with friends yeah, for a couple yeah. hours. One of my favorite was the Elmhurst Library. Call them. They are the, a class act. Rockford Library went above and beyond. Well, that was at the Nordloff Center uh, in the Rockford. Nor- that the, was the Nordloff Center wonderful. is a theater that the Rockford Library is allowed wow. to use in exchange for the fact that they will bring speakers in. So you can mm-hmm. put up slides. You can... I, I mean, it, it just blew my mind. It was so exciting. But every library has been so good to us because we get to talk to the listeners and then we get to, in a relaxed manner, sit there and sign books. And then uh, as long as you get out when the library closes, <laughs> they're happy. It, you know? In fact, I'm turning on the blatant plug light just for a quick second to remind people that, uh, speaking of our book, on uh, Sunday... The 15th of March at 2 p.m., we are going to be at the Morton Grove Library mm-hmm. doing an appearance in book signing. So, so that's a Sunday, wonderful. March 15th, Sunday, Sunday Morton afternoon. Grove Library. That is great. Roger, can you hang with us? Yeah, sure. All right, okay. we got a break for a couple minutes. Okay. <laughs> He's wide awake now. we got to take a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And we're talking with Roger Badish. And Roger has a terrific book that is going to be coming out in, uh, hopefully, in April. Right. It's going to be published by Eckarts. And uh, if uh, people don't, if you don't follow Roger, you should, because he is just a, a font of information. I look forward to everything from music that he, he sends me off looking for, uh, and then things like the fact that today is Gumdrop Day and Butterscotch with Jack Daniels Day and, you know, nuggets well, Roger like has that. his priorities. <laughs> That's right. I have priorities. Food, music. And then after that, it's all a bunch of stuff. That's right. <laughs> I, I am clicking on the blatant plug light again. Okay. There it goes. And if people want to get on the list to get an autographed copy of your book, they need to send an email, don't they? Yes, they do. Uh, it just uh, unplanned life, all one word, uh, at outlook.com. And let me repeat. And you'll get on the uh, pre sale list and you can get a signed copy. And we'll be sending out an email thinking middle of March. Uh, with all the order pre-sale order details, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, I haven't gotten that far yet as far as those details, but they will be forthcoming. So if you get on the list, you get first tips. And I want to repeat: that's the unplanned life dot uh, uh, the unplanned life at outlook dot com. So don't forget the T H E unplanned life 
uh, at Outlook.com. And the title of the book is The Unplanned Life. And Roger, when we look back over all of these words and all of these experiences that you've had, um, mm-hmm. tease us with the name of three people that appear in your book that might surprise us. Just, you know, get, lay the names on us. And, wow. and you, wow. you don't even have to tell us the, story. the, the stories. Just yeah. tease us wow. with the names. I, I know because, you know, you've got commercials and like come in, so I, I can't tell the stories. Just not enough time. No, no, no. Um, we don't. We want people to buy the book. That's true. <laughs> um, see, well, see, Roger, I'm now, now I, yeah. I'm interrupting you, Roger. This is, That's okay. okay, this is Author Presentation 101. Thank you. You, 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 you want you want people to buy the book. So tease them. And in you. order to read the stories... So if you tell the complete stories, why should they buy the book? Yeah. Right. So you just tease them. Okay, yeah. so three people that appear in your book that we might be surprised, and we won't know until we get the book, The Unplanned Life. So. Okay. Well, people who have been listening over the last 14-plus years will recognize the name Gloria Jean. Oh, yeah, Gloria Jean. Gloria Jean. Sure. Coffees. Yes, the coffee queen. I was their advertising and public relations director for several years, right. including uh, the time when they went through a terrible period where two of their employees had been uh, killed um, in the northern suburbs, and it took a year for police to find the person who did it. Oh, my God. That's in the book. That oh. happened I remember that now. after... Uh, I started working for that man. One of the things, as we were talking about before the break, about getting out to the public, one of the things is Lori and I are still very, very good friends. Um, actually, she's been bugging me lately to get back over there with Bridget so we can have dinner at Schmooze, um, is that I was thinking there's still about six Gloria Jean stores at some malls throughout the region, mm-hmm. and I was thinking that she and I could go to those stores and make great people. So I'm, I'm working on that. I love another, that. Another person in the book um, is Wolfman Jack. Oh. oh, that's good. The famous Wolfman okay, no, Jack. Okay, I'm, now I'm curious, but I'm not going to ask no, you to don't tell the story. Because I want to read it in the book. I'll put it this way. He didn't offer me any popsicles. Gotcha. Uh, understood. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, oh, that's all right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I'll give you two other names okay. because they're kind of together. Yes. Uh, is the very first uh, female mayor of the city of Chicago, Jane Byrne. Right. And the very first African-American mayor of the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. Washington. That's right. Oh my gosh! And th- there is one picture. Can I, can I uh, tell a little bit of a story, or at least describe yeah. a picture that I love? I do too. Uh-huh. When you are setting up Mayor Washington's sound system <laughs> in his house, I love that in his house, right, Roger? <laughs> he was getting into the groove, wasn't he? I loved it, I, and the fact that somebody <laughs> captured that moment when you you are setting up the mayor's—it was his stereo, wasn't it? Right. It was a stereo system that was purchased by his staff for him mm-hmm. for Christmas. And we set it up in the uh, press conference room over at City Hall, where all the media usually sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd cleared out the chairs, and we set it up there. And you'll read in the book how I tricked him. Hmm. I so, love it. 
we'll set we'll just leave that there. What an interesting group of people right there. Yeah, if, and again, I never thought and Rick Rick encouraged me. I have two Ricks that encouraged me. One is Rick Kempfer, uh, uh, co-owner of Eckhart's Press. Right. And the other is Rick, our own Rick Kogan. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. Sure. Who has had me on several of his shows over the last couple of years, uh, because I work with him on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. um, and, and talking about these stories, which I had mentioned to him offhand prior to his show. We would talk. We ended up knowing some of the same people, and he just loved my story, so he started having me on the show. And then he kept saying, before Rick Kempfer got to me, you need to put these stories down in print. Mm-hmm. And I go, who wants to listen to them? I'm just a regular guy. I'm no one special. So I do news on a 50,000-watt major market mm-hmm. clear channel radio station. No big deal. But they kept encouraging me and encouraging me. And even my wife, after a while, started to say, Go ahead and do it. You you need to put this down. If not for other people, then for your family. Right. And I said, yeah. fine. You twisted my arm. Fine. So, I... and that's one of the reasons why it took me so long to write it is I kept thinking nobody wants to read this. Okay. Now, now this may sound like an odd question, but okay. but bear with me as I All as right. I put this together. In writing your book. Was there anything that surprised you? And by that I mean, we've found as we're particularly as we're working on our second book, there are things that we will uh, will want to put in the book, but then we want to go back and we want to fact check them. And the more that we contact people and do a little fact checking, we realize, oh, that's right, that took place, and so and so. So there are things. It's like the rabbit hole that once you get into, you realize, gee, I didn't remember that exactly, but now that this is clearing up, wow, I forgot about that. Were there things like that that happened as you were writing your book? Well, as I started, as I mentioned before, as I started to fact check uh, actually date and time and location, uh, because I sectioned off the book as you know, I needed to for my brain to work the right way. I sectioned it off by when, where I was doing whatever. Yeah. So there's the Vegas thing. There's the uh, Chicago radio. There's the Chicago teaching, etc. So in going back and, and fact-checking dates and times and places and people, um, I started to think of other things. But you're right. It's a rabbit hole, which is why I ended up with over 300,000 words. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And yeah. It, you, you really need to focus on what is probably not necessarily the most important, but the most influential. Mm-hmm. Well, we're finding and, uh, we're finding too that, that thanks to thanks to the internet, writing a book is easier than it was yes. back in the day. Because now, when we will stumble across a story, or we'll be here, and something will remind us of something that we want to put in the book, and we can go mm-hmm. back and say, "Oh, well, we posted about that on Facebook on that very day," as opposed to going back in our memories and then calling up people and saying, "How do you remember this?" Talking to a producer, talking to a news person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting how the internet is helping a, a great deal. Well, I'll tell you how this book, how my vision for the book first started out. I was going to just put my Facebook post up. 
by day. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. The book yeah. originally was going to be called A Life in a Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you know how sometimes I, mm-hmm. I just start writing stuff on Facebook about parts of my life, and I go on and on and on, and, and I thought that if I were to write the book now, I would never be able to recapture what I felt from that original Facebook post. Right. But then it just became a lot of Facebook posts, and there was no context to it. And once I revisited a lot of that again, some memories came back. A real quick one, uh, in Las Vegas, I was writing about a radio station that I worked at two times, almost worked the third time, because they asked me back and wanted to pay me less money than I was getting paid the second time. But the first time I had to leave the station was because of an, an incident um, um, regarding our program director, who I had forgotten the name and had to check with someone, again, via the Internet. And surprise, surprise, a month later, that person, that program director, appears on my friends you may know on Facebook. Uh-huh. I have reconnected with him, and I apologize to him for that event. And oh. we are now Facebook friends. Mm. Wow. That's interesting. And speaking of Facebook friends, uh, Deanna, who's a, a fabulous uh, fan of WGN yes. Radio and is so supportive of all of us, she texts right now and says Roger's Facebook friends and followers also encouraged him because we read your Facebook post and you gave numerous examples of your writing and we knew it was quality writing and we were saying, we were clamoring and I was right there with the Deanna's, the fans that were saying more, Roger, more, 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 write this book. So yes, that's another way that the internet and Facebook in particular has played a role in the writing of this book. And the book is entitled uh, The Unplanned Life. And uh, Roger, for the benefit of people who are saying, how do I spell his last name? It's B-A, it's not bad-ass, it's bad-ish. <laughs> it's B-A-D. B-A-D-E-S-C-H. And again, you can get on that list if you send an email to theunplannedlife at outlook.com. And the target date is just a couple of months down the road, April of 2020, for this brand new book written by Roger Badish. Stay with us and we'll come right back here on WGN Radio. Let's face it. This time of year, you want heat and you want it now. If that's not happening, trust the experts at ABC and consider it done. Our certified technicians are ready to bring the heat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Consider it warm, consider it comfortable, but most of all, consider it done. Schedule today at 4abc.com. That's the number 4abc.com. ABC Plumbing, Sewer, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Consider it done. Every show has its star. At this year's auto show, the biggest star of them all is the 2020 Porsche Cayenne. With all-wheel drive, seating for five, and a turbocharged engine offering greater power and torque, the Porsche Cayenne quickly steals the spotlight. See the Cayenne for yourself and get special auto show savings at the Porsche Exchange of Highland Park, Chicagoland's only premier Porsche dealer. View the entire inventory at 4Porsche.com, the number 4Porsche.com. TV. Every weeknight. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Johnny. Johnny Carson Classics, only on Antenna TV. Watch over the air channel 9.2 or check your cable listings. Coming this summer, the new center of news will originate from the center of the nation. 
News Nation. Coming seven nights a week in primetime to WGN America. The Midwestern University Multi-Specialty Clinic in Downers Grove offers a comprehensive patient-centered healthcare experience at their dental institute, family medicine clinic, speech-language institute, physical therapy institute, and eye institute. At their clinics, you will receive exceptional care from a team of highly qualified faculty and students. Learn more at mwuclinics.com or call 630-743-4500. 630-743-4500. The Midwestern University Clinic, your family's home for healthcare. 2020 is here. This is the year you're going to replace that roof, install new windows, maybe even remodel the bathroom. If you need some advice on which way to go, I'm your buddy, Lou Manfredini. Call me Saturday mornings from 7 to 10 a.m. on House March Radio right here. Lou's on 720 WGN. Sponsored by Ace, the helpful place. King and Johnny Putman on WGN Radio. Do you know who that is? I don't. That's our friend Doyle Dykes. I was going to say, you'd think I would learn. I was going to say the tone of that guitar is very much like a Doyle Dykes guitar. Well, and it's it's a Gretsch Falcon, and this song is the title track from an album Doyle put out called The Return of the Falcon. And that, of course, has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking with Roger Badish, who has a terrific new book coming out. And, Roger, uh, another odd question, but I don't know, maybe maybe authors sometimes get into odd questions. As we're working, uh, yeah. as we're working on our next book, right. there are... Three people mm-hmm. that I can think of. I'm not going to name them, and I'm not going to name any of the events. There are three people and uh, multiple events that we're debating putting into the book. They are things that happened, mm-hmm. things that the readers of the book would probably find very interesting, but there are things that um, may display some people in a light that uh, hadn't been shown on them before. And and we've we've been going back and forth. Is there really a reason to do this, even though there were some significant things, but we don't want to do a tell-all book? And I'm wondering, did you... As you were putting together your book, did you have any of those moments where do I really is there a reason to really tell this story or should I just let it go? Actually, very good question. Um, 
I am awaiting, as I mentioned before, the edited manuscript from the proofreader so that I can make changes. Because since writing those sections, those events, I have rethought. And again, remember how I told you that it, I could write a ton if I was the only audience. Yeah. But if when I changed it to the point of view of, as you mentioned, the light shining from a different direction, mm-hmm. what purpose? Yeah. And so while the events will stay the same, as they say on Dragnet, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, the names will not appear. Uh, some events um, that were very personal that I thought were needed to to explain the future. Mm-hmm. Um, those events will not appear in me, and trust me, you're not missing anything. Uh, so don't get all up in arms for the people who are listening and everything or waiting for the book. That, oh, you're going to have to put out a second one. <laughs> no, trust me. Now that I'm down to 100,000 words, probably less, <laughs> trust me, those those extra words weren't needed. Um, um, so, yeah, I'm going to make those changes. Yes, you you are very correct in that question. And, yes, you might want to talk about those events if you really honestly feel as though they provide connection. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Um, and and I think that because I've since I sent this to to Rick to get the proofreading done, I have spent nights awake thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've made the decision that I will make those changes. There's no need for the detail that I provided, and I have not talked to those people. I'm not. They're not enemies. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. People I know. No, exactly. Yeah. For a long time. But 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 there it's 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 a book about I hate to boy, this sounds selfish. It's a book about me. It's my autobiography. That's what yeah. I have to write mm-hmm. about events and things that I've done in my life that have proved inspirational to others and I I can wholly appreciate that. Um, and I hope that these stories are inspirational. And you also but, don't want yeah. to, I wonder if, if this thought process hit you the way it's hit us. You don't want to throw something in there that, sensational though it may be, might be a real distraction from, from the, book. the rest of the book. Yeah. From the meaning of the book. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yep. yes. Even though it's part of the history because you're working on the same type of book, mm-hmm. and and you don't. It's part of your history. It's part of what made you you mm-hmm. in the process. But that might be for another time and another place, yeah. or for the other person to tell that story if they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Boy, we've we've got to compare notes over dinner sometime yeah. because uh, this is this is one of those sticking points with us because uh, I think there's at least one one instance where you know there's there's a part of me that that gets mm-hmm. angry and wants to just tell yep. it all mm-hmm. and there's the, there's yep. the rational reasonable Steve that goes oh maybe not you don't want this to and, overshadow and, and, the and book. I absolutely understand that uh, I mean there is a. 
of me that wants to go ahead and include this particular thing in the book because it is relevant on a lot of levels. But... But it might be too much of a distraction, so I I go back and forth, too. And you know what? Big publishing companies go, no, no, we'll put that on the cover of the book, and that'll be the thing that every interviewer will talk to you about, and we don't want to go there. So, Exactly. Uh, As you look back at your life, um, Mm -hmm. was there any one particular part of it that you thought, boy, if I could have extended this particular (laughs) adventure... I wonder where else it would have gone. Oh, yes, I've thought of that question hundreds of times. I'll tell you one from from reading your writing. I would say oftentimes I feel that if you could have continued on as a teacher, you you could have continued doing some fabulous work. And and that was actually a plan. And I mentioned this in the book mm-hmm. I, that my plan was to teach for another five years. That was my plan to get uh, at the school that I was at, Clemente High School in Chicago, with my uh, teaching partner to work another five years to build another award-winning regional TV program mm-hmm. at another school. Right. Unfortunately, cancer got in the way, uh, and that threw everything up in the air, and. Um, other than probably, well, there are, are several times that thinking back, I thought my life was going to be over. Uh, and I originally, long before I thought of the Facebook uh, post um, proposal for the book, I was thinking a story about how I think I've used up my nine lives on it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> with, with everything that's happened. Um, uh, but other than, the, I think, getting stuck on Lakeshore Drive and thinking things would soon be over, uh, the cancer w- was the worst. And mm-hmm. I honestly, and there's several stories within that chapter. Now you're getting me all, all emotional again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are several parts of, the st- of that story that are in the book uh, where I got right to the dividing line. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I can't have any regrets. In answer to your question, I can't have any regrets, and that's why it's called the journey of Roger Badish. This is a journey and roads that I've taken I never thought I would take, roads that I've taken that um, I didn't realize I should take. And everything has happened for a reason, and I hope there are many, many more roads in front of me that I can take, uh, especially with my family, uh, especially with the grandkids. We've got a big one coming up in yes. September at Disney yeah. World. Yes. And uh, that's been a five-year promise, which you can read about in the book also. And um, so, yeah, I, in answer to your question, I think about the regrets, but then uh, I need to move on. And I think yep. that's, if, if I go with Rick Comfort's feeling that I've led an inspirational life, uh, that, I, that I still have a teacher in me. If that's one of the things that I can teach from the book, is that sometimes life's not planned, but you got to go with the flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got to yeah. do the best that you can do. It's interesting because this kind of ties in with our conversation with Jim Peterick when we were talking about just be your own hero. Yep. You know, we're talking about Jim with his purple hair and his crazy clothes and his paisley top hat. And, you know, he says the one thing he's learned in all this all these years on this earth is you're not comfortable until you can be comfortable with yourself. So I feel like we this is 
kind of a, a, a an awakening for me. I'm going, yeah, yeah. that's right, Roger. Let's. <laughs> well, well, this is the obvious question, uh, yes, but I will ask it anyway. Uh, and we've only got about a, a minute or so. You look back. Is there a thing? What would you say to the young Roger Baddish? And I'll give you an example from my life. If uh, if somebody wants to know, you know, what would I say to a young Steve King? Quite seriously, I would say, it's gluten. That's what's causing the problems. Uh, yeah. So is there is there anything like that or anything you would say to the young Roger Baddish? That would have made you... From your vantage point. Maybe happier. Yeah. Healthier in your case. <laughs> Two words. I know I didn't steal it from the song. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to think Seriously, about mine. It's because uh, I spent a lot of times in self-doubt and worry yeah. at a younger age. And you know what? Yeah, I am. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. It'll all work out. You know, I think I can relate to that. I would have. I would tell my 13 or 16-year-old self, uh, it gets better. Trust me. Yeah. It's going to get yeah. better. Hang in there. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, can I yeah. just say that I am tickled that we got to interview you about this big news about your book is official and people can send you an email because they can tell you, they can show you some love and say they want a copy of your book signed and they write to the unplanned life at outlook.com. And Raj, I hope we have many, many more opportunities to talk like this on and off the radio. Thank you. We, we will definitely. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Love you, Raj. Bye bye now. Thanks, Raj. More coming up. Uh, we, we still have a, a bunch of surprises. And yeah. uh, a little later this morning, we're going to be joined by Tom Appel to uh, talk about the uh, final weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. So stay with us at WGN Radio. thought that was one of the most hilarious lines anyone ever used in any song. Guilty feet ain't got, got no, no rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. <laughs> and if you're wondering, why the heck are they playing Careless Whisper? Well, we are observing a bit of an anniversary tonight yes. when uh, we got a call from WGN Management and they, they asked... Uh, are you guys still in town, and would you want to do another drive-by because Matt Bubala is taking a night off? And we said, well, okay, sure. And it just happens that the eve of Valentine's marks the 35th anniversary of the first time that Johnny and I ever did a show on WGN. So it was 1985 when uh, the first time that we were paired on WGN, and uh, 
Careless Whisper was, was number, number one, one 35 that years night. ago. And uh, George Michael and I, the, the poor guy that was the... Andrew Ridgely. Ridgely. Very good. Andrew Ridgely. And, but now you've got... Uh, okay, I'm going down a different Wham. rabbit hole. What was the movie that... Oh, and we liked it, too. Uh, it starred the British actor, and it was basically about an Andrew Ridgely kind of character. I, Hugh Grant starred in it, along with... Um, don't point that thing at me. Uh, <laughs> Dang. Like, go along, off. Along with... Um, I have no uh, clue. Uh, Barrymore. Um, oh, where he plays a singer. Yeah. Yes. But but he was he was Orchard. like yes. he was like the Andrew Ridgely yes. character. Yes, of, it was Drew Barrymore. You're right. Yeah. What was it? Something duets? Um, no, 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 no. No. Um That was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. It'll it just let it simmer. Okay. And suddenly you'll shout it out and we'll all follow along. We'll, we'll connect the dots. By the way, if you guys have anything you want to shout out, you can uh, yeah. text or call 312-981-7200. That number again, 312-981-7200. Yeah, I, I straightened him up. He used to talk like that all the time. Yeah. And then I said, <laughs> no, I'm not doing a radio show with a guy that sounds like he's going to... <laughs> up chuck anytime yeah, really. but that was um that was number one wham was the hottest hottest thing going uh george michael was the the cute one remember that was the the big thing yeah. and uh I, I looked up some of the other music that was um hot during this month 1985 because wgn radio did play quite a bit of music mm-hmm. back in the day uh, thanks to Bob Collins, uh, who right. came from music radio, just as you and I did. And music was a big, important part of his life. And we told management uh, when when they said, okay, you're going to do six hours all night long. We're, we said, okay, this means we're going to have to, yeah. every now and then, intersperse a little music, have mm-hmm. some live in-studio performances. Mm-hmm. And and so that's how that all happened. Uh, this was uh, a big year, 1985, big year for Madonna. A big year for Simple Minds. Springsteen had a big year. Dire Straits, Money money for Nothing. Mm -hmm. Remember, we're going, whoa, what's that sound? And uh, Bowie was really hot. Phil Collins was Mm -hmm. huge. Uh, Phil Collins had a... um, Oh, uh, Philip with Phillips, Philip something other. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the duet. Uh, yes, Phil Collins and because uh, it was it was a top ten this month yeah. in 1985. Um, also, this was the year for We Are the World, and just say that in front of Nick DiGiulio yeah. and watch him go. <laughs> you know, if you don't follow Nick on Facebook, you must because yeah. it will give you a perspective on on. Um, Look up curmudgeon. Yesterday he started ranting about milk. M-E-L-K. It's not milk. It's milk. And it, I laugh so hard at these little things that set him off. What was the, was it a TV show or a movie or something that he hated and we watched and we thought, well, that's actually kind of, kind of cool. It oh, was within the past week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, golly. And we love Nick, but every now and then we got to say... Nick, you're oh, wrong. But, you know, talk about 35 years. He's been here with us just about all of that time because he was just a teenager when we started, like Roy Leonard, having sure. him on our radio show. 
And um, <laughs> even then, he came in and, and was a curmudgeon when he was 20. <laughs> um, oh, golly. It was just the other day I said, oh, what does he know? And then I found out that I frequently will read something Nick says and then go, oh, what yep. does he know and move on? Um, gosh. And it was like a TV show or a movie that we expected to hate and we watched yeah. it and we thought, well, actually, that's yeah. kind of cool. But that happened a couple of times. Uh, we saw James Taylor being interviewed by Stephen Colbert yes. the other night. And, uh, you know, I've always loved James Taylor's music. His music is part of the soundtrack of my life. And... I've been back and forth on James Taylor only because, in fact, I appreciate him more now than I did years ago because there was a period when I first came back to Chicago radio in 1971, from roughly 1971 to 1973 when I uh, segued over to the Once Big 89, I was doing afternoons at BBM-FM, and that was soft rock, Mm -hmm. and that was James Taylor. Yeah. And Carol King. And Seals and, and Cross. Stevens and Seals and Cross. <laughs> and I got soft rocked to death. But if it hadn't been for that music, I would not have been listening to you. I found you after you had left so the LS. That, so there was that. And then you ended up there. And you were my mother's No, I, I was. That was. After, oh, there. Uh, all good. It was BBM, LS, uh, IND. D-A-I-I-N-D-G-N. And there's also a KQX in there, too. Oh, KQX, that's right. right. I forgot right. about that. Uh, by the way, a uh, text from uh, 262 area code reminds us it was music and lyrics. Yes! With Hugh That Grant was the movie. And Drew which, which is a terrific movie. And thank you to an 870 area code, Phil Collins and Philip Bailey. Yes. Easy lover. Yes, yes. Yes, of course. I just looked that up this afternoon because that was one of the top 10 on this day uh, 35 years ago. You know what really will freak you out if you look at the things that we got that year. For the, I'm, <laughs> but but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit pause. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then a lot of people jumping on the phones. We'll get to the phone calls right after we take a break. Stay with us at WGN. Sounds good. Philip Bailey, Phil Collins from 1985, and we're looking back on uh, some of the things from 1985 because it was Valentine's Day in 1985 when uh, him and her were paired for the first time on WGN. It was in 1985 that the CD was introduced, believe it or not. Wow. Which takes me back to our Bonneville, which we still have. (laughs) We have a 92 Bonneville. Which we bought in uh, 1991. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a 92 Bonneville that had a CD player. And we said, we'll take this car, but we want you to take out the CD player and put a tape machine. (laughs) Well, we had to put in a cassette player because at that time we were doing a lot of recording uh, on cassette of the shows here at WGN. And as we'd be driving to or from the station, if there was something we wanted to listen to make sure how it came out or how it would play on the air, that's what we were doing. But I also remember that we weren't big fans of CDs when they first came out. We were like, nah, I don't well, and, and some were crappy. Some were really bad. Well, CD technology as it was initially introduced was horrible. CD sound quality now is tons better than it was then. But we digress. And it was also the year that the first, I, I find this hard to believe, the first cell phones were being mass-produced? Were those the Motorola cell phones? Yeah, those big brick phones. Yeah. And we had those. Oh, and then we had the big one that mounted on the the stand in the car. Yep. And had the antenna. Yep. We had this really cool thing, though. We had a little microphone that clipped on our Mm seatbelt so you didn't have to pick up the phone. So you could be hands-free before hands-free became a thing. Before... Yeah, before it became the law. Yeah. That was a really neat little invention, and I don't remember mm-hmm. it costing all that much money. Uh, it was also the year of the new Coke. Remember, that was the big debacle. Yeah. Oh, here's the new Coke. And everybody went, no, I don't think so. I don't Yeah, that was Coke. an idea whose time never <laughs> That's came. That's exactly right. Um, it was, and this is really, really freaking me out. It was the year when we paid $2.75 to go to the movie. I know. Now, that's not possible. Not in this day and age, that, well, but... No, that's like we could go to the movie and get a popcorn for 10 bucks as a couple? Yeah. I'm not that old. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, 312-981-7200. Thank you for your text. We appreciate those. Um, reminiscing, I uh, I guess it is um, David that says, how about the 1990 Valentine's Day snowstorm? We talked about that earlier because yeah. that was 30 years ago. Yep. And one of my most fun nights on the radio was when we just decided randomly in November to throw open the lines and say, okay, we got any nursing mothers out there, new moms? And these moms called in and said, yeah. We said, so kind of like going back to, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the snowstorm, yep. Valentine's Day. Blame it Day. on the Valentine's yeah, Day snowstorm. Yeah. We couldn't go out to dinner, and it was roses and chocolates and... Look what happened. <laughs> 312-981-7200 is the phone number that uh, Ed called. Hey, Ed, what's going on? Hey, uh, good morning. Hi, good morning. So you were just talking about uh, Phil Collins and uh, Genesis. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Miami Vice played a lot of uh, Phil Collins songs. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the best thing that came out of Miami Vice, in my opinion, was the shoes with no socks for men. And, and the... <laughs> I love that look. <laughs> okay, fine. And the pastel shirts. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And the blazers with the big shoulder pads. Ed, uh-huh. I'm, I'm speaking to you, right, Ed? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I do that not that way, but I do it because I do, like, casual dress. Yes. Yeah. I like to, like, uh, the do bla- different colors on right. the way I dress. Yeah, but not like that. But, yeah. But you could do the I'm blazer. You do the blazer with the T-shirt. Oh, yeah. That was a great when I go look. to network events, that's mm-hmm. me. Okay. I'll have a okay. On, yeah. Yeah, see? yeah. I'm still doing it. I have a question before uh, yes. you guys take, go to the next call. You guys used to play a weekend song. We did. Yes. Yes. And guess what you just might hear out of the four o'clock news this morning, since it is a a weekend. 
And, right. And that's when we played it out of the four o'clock news. And if what we, was the name of that song? It was called Weekend, and it was by Wet Willie. Wet W E T W E T W I L L I E. Wet Willie. Okay. Yes. Wet Willie. Okay. There were a group from a southern rock group. Right. Very big in the uh, well during the whole southern rock yeah. trend when Charlie Daniels and, and and Marshall Tucker and those guys were performing. This was. Not a hit for Wet Willie, but we kind of made it a hit for yeah. them. I mean, it's still... And oddly violent. enough, the first person I ever heard play it was on this radio station. It was Floyd Brown. Wow. He's the first person I ever heard play Wet Willie's uh, Weekend. On a Sunday night. So I hope you'll be listening, Ed, because an hour from oh, now, yeah. we're going to flash back to when we played that every Friday morning in the 4 <laughs> o'clock hour. Yes, yes. It uh, brings back memories. Yeah, it's good to see you guys in the, in the air. I mean, I used to listen to... Uh, I listen all around to all different radio stations, but uh, sure. I remember when Phil, uh, Bobby Collins. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Do you know uh, that that was just the anniversary, 20 years that uh, uh, The guy that died. was on at, at night. Um, Eddie? Eddie, and, but yeah. there was somebody else. He was kind of like a talk uh, format. Oh, yeah. Are you thinking of Dave Baum or are you thinking of Milt Rosenberg? Milt Rosenberg. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the great Milt Rosenberg. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Bob Collins uh, because just the other day was the 20th anniversary of yeah. the, uh, the plane crash. And I, I really had... Wally a, Phillips, yeah. Wally, yeah. Sure. I had such a hard time though, wrapping my mind around that that was 20 years ago. Yeah, because that's, that's a night that none of us will ever us. forget. Absolutely. Well, Ed, nice talking to you. Thank, Thank you for you stopping much. by. Yes, yeah. Have Bye-bye. a great weekend, Ed. Thank you. 312-981-7200. In fact, a listener said... You mentioned that you cried the night that Roger got to the hospital, and I did. When Roger Badish sure. ended up calling us and said, I'm in the hospital now, they're treating my frostbitten toes, yep. I found myself quietly crying. I was so relieved. Mm-hmm. It was such a stressful night. Well, it was. And so a listener said, well, what, do you mind telling us the other two times that you cried? Well, one was I'd held it together all night long the night uh, that we were on the radio after Bob had passed away. Yep. And I was okay. And then at 4.30 in the morning, our producer brought our newspapers in and always just kind of ran in and dropped them. And when the paper opened up, there was the plane crash on top of the hospital. And I was just like, and all of a sudden it just all just came raining down on me. And so the hours that we'd been grieving together and then kind of putting on the, 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 professional face because we had to be able to talk and to be the psychiatrist couch for the listeners who wanted to just call and reminisce and and if i can go into a little more detail about that night we've always known and one of the reasons that we still do our occasional drive-bys this is a very special radio station that night was one of the nights that we knew how special this radio station was. Yeah. We had been following the the events, and most of us knew what had happened before it was announced. But at that point, Bob Collins' wife, Christine, had not yet been told, so nobody wanted to say anything. And the rest of Chicago media kept yeah. a lid on it, too, which was amazing. So that night, after we found out what had happened, we came into the radio station. Now, we didn't, our show didn't start till 11.30 after the 11 o'clock news. We came into the radio station about 7 o'clock that evening. Everybody 
from the radio station was here. Kathy and Judy and Spike and Milt. And because we wanted to be with our radio family. This was an emotional moment, probably like none we've ever experienced. Yeah. And, And... I mean, this—that's one of many reasons that uh, that keep us coming back to this place every now and then. I heard John Williams reminiscing the other day about the anniversary, and and he talked about getting home from work, and his wife meeting him at the door and telling him what had happened, and he got right in the car and came right back to the yep. radio station, and that's exactly what we did. We were getting ready for our evening nap. And we said, no, we just put our clothes on, came right back to the radio station. On a much lighter note, the only other time that I cried like a baby on the radio was when you and our producer, Paula Cooper, decided to surprise me on my birthday. And I got to talk to the man that I adored as a teenager. I thought he was going to knock on my door one day and he was going to whisk me away. And that was Bobby Sherman. Mm -hmm. So I got to talk to Bobby Sherman on my birthday and he's saying, Johnny, 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 do you love me? Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I can just now just I can die. I'm so happy. And he was so nice. And it was terrific. And that doesn't always happen. These people that you idolize are not that that cool. He was so nice that when we hung up, I just went. (laughs) (laughs) And you and Paul are looking at me. Why? Why are you sad? I said, I'm not sad. I'm so happy. And then I just kind of let it go. And then that, that then spun off into this really great conversation with people calling and talking about people that they adored. And then. Some people were fortunate, like me, to actually meet those people, yeah. and they were as good as they wanted them to be when they were kids. We'll take a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Recalling some of the the songs that were big back in 1985. And it was this month in 85 that this song, co-written by Jim Peterick, who was our guest in the 1 o'clock hour, mm-hmm. this is High on You, this yep. is Survivor, Survivor. and um, this was like the second big hit for mm-hmm. Survivor. And, of course, they went on to have what has become one of the biggest songs in the universe. You think? Eye of the Tiger. 312-981-7200 is the phone number that Mark called. Hey, Mark, you're on WGN. Good morning. Yeah, a theme from Axel F was popular that year, and it was one of the last instrumentals. But I wanted to say that the James Taylor Christmas album is one of my favorites of all time. The sound quality and production are excellent. He has stellar jazz musicians backing him up, and it's just a marvelous 
Christmas album. But Nobody ever plays my absolute favorite James Taylor song. In fact, I may have to dig it up one of these what? mornings. Sweet for 20G. Yes. Yes. Oh. Are okay. you familiar with it? No. Oh, yeah. That, that, is it on? Uh, this was on one of his early albums uh, around 1970, okay. I believe. And it is a killer song. Wins, maybe? Pardon? Well, before I talk about Gloria Jean's, um, I want to say that I'm appreciating radio very much at this moment because I'm recovering from eye surgery and I'm looking at the world as if through wax paper and I'm basically housebound, can't read. So, (laughs) I mean, this is temporary. Otherwise, I would learn to use a cane. But man, am I appreciating radio. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, and I hope the surgery uh, gives you everything you wanted it to. Well, Gloria Jean's Coffee. I didn't know that Gloria Jean's was a single individual lady, but she has a flavor that nobody else I know of has. A lot of coffee companies have, you know, pecan, southern pecan parfait or pecan praline, but nobody else that I know of has toasted almond cream and when i mix that with half and half and a little bit of light brown sugar oh, oh it is marvelous oh, and nobody else me. has this flavor except gloria jean i'm gonna you, re- to- you realize you just gave me a song lyric she's got the flavor <laughs> no one else has Ooh, she's got the flavor i gotta work on i that. like that yes you know what mark you reminded me i wanted to go back to the james taylor i, I took a left-hand yeah. turn i was telling the story about how we we dis- disagree with people and, and Facebook allows you to do that, hopefully with respect. But a friend yeah. of ours had posted that they'd seen James Taylor on the Stephen Colbert show the other night. Yeah. said he was just awful. Oh, he was so boring. He, the worst interview in the world. And yet we watched it and we both thought, It was wow, terrific. How amazing to learn these things about James Taylor that we never knew before. He talked about when he first recorded. would say that. Yeah. He f- talked about how he first recorded at Apple Studios in London, and, and the, Beatles the, the, were there. the Beatles were there. And I mean, he g- gave all kinds of minutia. It was one of the better Stephen Colbert interviews because he wasn't just reading from a script. He was well, talking to yeah. James Taylor and they were fan. having a conversation. In fact, he had him on one night. But the interview went long, so he played the outtake, basically the outtake from the interview that hadn't aired the previous night, and it was wonderful. Yeah, and yet people were on Facebook. I was with a real good friend at a county fair in Washington State, and when he did You've Got a Friend, she and I hugged each other through the whole song, and a lot of people in the audience were doing the same thing, and they were crying, and... You know, this is the effect that James Taylor has on people. Yeah. And how anybody could call him boring, I but, I just don't get it. Because he's shy. He was shy. And, ah. and his body language is such that he's kind of looking down. And his body language just said, please, let me get out of here. This yeah. is so painful for me. And, and he yet, spent some time at McLean Mental Health Hospital. He did, he yeah. Did. yeah. Yes. And was very open about that. And, you know, sometimes I think that, that um, a performer might be frightened that they're going to be taken down a road they don't want to go you know for the sensational but colbert i think has proven himself especially if he's a fan he's not going to go there well speaking of friends mark you have been a friend of this radio station for a hundred years Charlie simon excuse me I say, I wonder if he has the same kind of stage fright as Carly Simon, Wouldn't who be, was once his wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it is as bad as Carly, because Carly yeah. was uh, really scared 
kind of like at all to Barbara go Streisand, right? Didn't she? No, it was worse than that. I, I mean, Carly was borderline agoraphobic. Oh, wow. I mean, she really, yeah. really hated performing and had to be coerced into performing. Wow. Boy, so. would that be a curse. Mark, always good to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, and yes, Mark has been one of our longtime uh, listeners. My favorite conversations would be when Mark would call in to talk with Milt Rosenberg. Because there, <laughs> Milt would perk up right away because he always felt like Mark was bringing something. That was my perception as a listener when we were getting ready to come into work. Uh, speaking of perception and, and memories and such, a listener texts and says, I remember Johnny was willing to come to Rockford to help with a housewarming party. Well, it never happened, and I have moved since. I don't remember ever saying that I would come to Rockford for a housewarming party. Do I don't you? recall that, no. And if if I said I would and I didn't show up, I'm sorry, especially if you baked a cake and I didn't show up. <laughs> hmm. Back to the phone calls, 312-981-7200. That's the number uh, Bob called. And, uh, hey, Bob, what's up? Hey, Bob. Hello, Bob. Bob. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, welcome home, kid. Thank you, Bob. Trucker Bob. Yes, sir. I was just writing to Trucker Phil, and I thought of you not knowing that you were Trucker Bob on the phone. Yep. Uh, I used to run to Iowa every night. Yes. Listen to you. I listen to you. Okay. Here we go. Not knowing that you were Hello, Morticia. What? Oh, oh, oh gosh. Oh, Our, oh, somebody God. has a radio That's on the back. That's his radio on yeah, the truck. Yes. radio we're hearing. That's the IND. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. In and fact, then, and then Steve moved to WGN. I'm like, well, nobody had now story went. Exactly. And then you disappeared, Johnny. And then one day I was listening to WGN. I was working in a factory at the time. Mm-hmm. And... You folks, uh, Johnny, are, oh, yeah, uh, Steve came on. Mm-hmm. They announced that Steve's program was coming on, and I remember that you had announced, Steve, that Johnny was going to be joining you. Yeah, so that was 35 years ago tonight. That's right. Isn't that crazy? And then, right. I, I got tired of being laid off in the industry. <laughs> oh, I've been driving a uh, straight truck for in and out of straight truck for all my adult life and for the last 30 years i've been driving semis mm-hmm. help close two companies wow wow <laughs> yeah well you but remember listening to you listening to you folks every single night do you remember bob and we would say on the air hey guys we're really trying to get management to come up with a phone number that you can call yeah. us because we know you're out there but you have to call we're trying to come up with an 800 exactly. phone number yes and, yeah. and we really we work so hard to try to we say look you guys don't understand we've got, we've got all Dang of these it. truckers out there and that's right yeah and I remember the night you folks left, and I was able to talk to uh, let's see, your your producer. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to put you on hold for a second because we've got a weird thing going on. I think with another line. Let me see if it's I like can another radio show is going. Get rid of the other call. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, uh, Jess? Can you get rid of line two? For some reason, line two is is still hung up there. Yeah. 
So if you can just get rid of line two. But it's so funny that we're talking to uh, Trucker Bob because he would always check in. And then I was so excited when we started getting text messages because that allowed truckers in particular to communicate with us without eating up. Remember, the big concern was if you held on the line, you're going to eat up your minutes. Yeah. And you could, you know, you only had X number of minutes every month and you didn't want to be burning them up that way. That's wild. Oh, yeah. And when I heard, uh, well, somebody had tuned into our radio. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Oops, I don't know what just happened. But... <laughs> it's like the old okay, days. Okay, this is... <laughs> we're well, we're going to take a break this. and try yes. to reboot the radio station <laughs> and, uh, and see what will happen. So stay with us at WGN. Ario Speedwagon. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Going back to the first time that Johnny and I were on WGN, 1985, Valentine's Day. So a listener from a 219 area code says, nice hearing you again. I'm the guy that had the egg standing on its end during an equinox many years ago. (laughs) Remember how excited I was? Then, of course, there... This was before the internet, so we right. didn't have all these naysayers saying, "Ah, oh, well, you can do that any day of the week," because we brought an egg in that night. It was the mm-hmm. vernal equinox, and watch, we're going to do this. And just this past week was the the ridiculous broom standing up. Oh yeah, that phenomena. was so funny. You know, NASA says that today is the day that you can. St- yeah, I'm not real sure how it was happening. And maybe I'll go home this morning and try it. I didn't try it last week, but it was really funny to click on these pages and see people going, look, look, my broom is standing up. <laughs> and that's what I love about humans, that something like that could get us so excited that it would kind of take us away from all the serious stuff. We go, look, I'm in my kitchen and I made my broom stand on end. And no, that is not code. That really, if you missed it last week, it was it was weird and wonderful. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number that uh, Bill called. Hi, Bill. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, I'm Bill. Doing well, actually. It's good. Nice. Good. Enjoy, enjoying listening to you. Thank you. I haven't heard of you guys lately. Mm-hmm. I'm the man that drove you around South Bend years ago in the Packard convertible. <gasps> Oh, Bill, we will oh never, ever gosh. forget that. It, and, and let me rewind. I am the resident Studebaker geek, and this was, uh, what year was this, uh, Bill? I'm trying to remember. We did it two different years. I can't remember. It was either uh, late 90s or early 2000. I'm not sure. I think, late I think it was late 90s. Yeah. And I belong to the Studebaker Drivers Club. I've That's always right. always mm-hmm. wanted, but have never had a Studebaker. But at some point, there's a Studebaker in my future. So there was a Studebaker homecoming in South Bend, Indiana. And Johnny and I were invited. We went there. And 
got to drive around the Studebaker Proving Grounds, and Bill was nice enough to drive us in this gorgeous, was it a 56 Packard Caribbean convertible? You absolutely have it right. I still have it. I didn't. I haven't driven it a lot lately wow. because of the problem of I'm suffering from an advanced cage of old age. But I, I do get it out once in a while and get around. Oh, anyway, I'd be glad to take you somewhere again if we can find a way to plan it out. Yes. Have it happen. Oh, that that would be wonderful, Bill. And remember, uh, as we were riding along, people in town, South Bend, had come out and they're folding chairs. They're sitting along the side of the road, yeah. and uh, that was a really, really neat. And day. for anybody who's wondering, well, it was the Studebaker thing, so why Packard? Because Studebaker and Packard merged, and unfortunately. The Packard Caribbean convertible was one of the last real Packard cars that uh, came out uh, after that merger. Yes, you're absolutely right. Very knowledgeable. Um, and I, I'm just pleased that I was uh, listening tonight to hear you guys. It's been a pleasure listening. I was also the manager of the school radio station at Main Township, and uh, oh. some of your employees down there. Uh, Andy Mazur sure. was yeah. on that staff. I'm sure you guys know him. And of course. And Smith's friend is at W overdoing the Chicago Tonight. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a pleasure running around town there. South Bend be- being in the news so much right now with their having the ex-mayor as a presidential candidate. Sure. Right, right. Putting them on the I map. I have again. a couple of Studebakers, so when you get ready, i got to oh, fly. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Don't go there. Oh, <laughs> you, you, you have to temp- We have to talk more. In fact, Bill, uh, if I can't, in fact, I will ask our producer, Jess, could you take uh, Bill and put him on hold and off the air? Uh, Bill, if you could give Jess some of your contact information, and Email. we will absolutely be in touch with you. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. That was a day we will never forget. It was so much. And that Packard Caribbean convertible. Remember, we spent the night at the Star Plaza so that we would be closer on Saturday morning. Yeah. And, um, oh, now the Star Plaza's not there either. Yeah. Harumph, 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 harumph. I was questioning this housewarming party in Rockford, and I said, oh, dear, I don't remember. Did I actually stand somebody up? And so the listener says, uh, apparently, we just talked about it. Um, that it's we were teasing, I guess. So I feel better. Now. I said, I you know, I teasing? thought I stood you up. I made a promise, and I thought I stood you up, but I didn't. So thank you. Back to the phone calls three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And Randy, good morning. You're on WGN. Good morning. It's nice to hear you again. Thanks, Randy. Nice the to be heard. Time I had chance, last time I had a chance to talk to you, I was living in Alabama, and I was driving a truck, and I got in a head-on collision, and I survived it, and I I gave you a song from El Chicano that you didn't know, yeah. and I got that T-shirt still. I remember this. Yes. Isn't that crazy how things... I, I, wow. Um, and you're talking about the Life After Dark T-shirt. Yes, ma'am. I still right, have that T-shirt. Right. I cherish it. With with Moon Moon Pie the Frog. Moon Pie the Frog, yeah. On the front, because yeah. I'm from Frog Jump, Tennessee, and, and Moon Pie is wearing headphones and jumping over the moon. And the crown. And the crown for King. And one of our favorite stories about that T-shirt was when management came to us and they said, we're going to make shirts for you. We're going to make night shirts. And we said, why are you making night shirts? And they said, because people listen to you at night. And we said, but no one will see the advertisement. 
And if they, you put and it they, on they, a TV. It was like when we said that to them, it was like, a, oh, you're right. You're right. So that, How about sweatshirts? And People will be out in public. Right. Said, oh, okay. <laughs> and your producer at the time, I don't remember that lady's name, but she kept me on the air on the telephone. I mean, she kept me on the telephone so I could... I, I could hear because the signal was kind of fading oh, out. That's there right in, in Alabama. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, I remember yeah. this so well. That's crazy. And refresh me. Which part of Alabama, Randy? Well, I, it's by Coleman, Alabama. Yes. Just off sixty-five, about thirty right. miles. Yeah. Away. Okay. So we've driven by that any yeah. of a number of times. We know the area very well. I think Coleman, well, Alabama. I'm, I wish you guys would come back on the air at least. Well, thank time. you. I'm glad you you stumbled by and found us tonight. It's a pleasure talking to you and re- reminiscing with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye bye now. You guys Thanks. Are great. Thanks. Thank you, Randy. Have a good night. Coleman, Alabama is one of our stops when we drive to Florida. We pull off there at the Shell Station. Yep. Because we're just a few hours away from Panama City Beach. And a listener wanted to know if our town, uh, if the Panhandle is is cleaning up after Hurricane Michael and. Sadly, it's, it's still taking a while. Yeah, uh, there are still people that are living in tents and yeah. friends' yards because they don't have homes because they weren't um, they weren't able to rebuild after everything was wiped away by uh, one of the biggest hurricanes in the history of of, of Florida. And we're talking about Hurricane Michael. Michael. And, and in fact, if you would like to see some some pictures, now this was oh. Well, shortly after Hurricane Michael. You can go to our blog. In fact, get out your pens and pencils. Go to steveandjohnny.com. S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E.com. That is our homepage. And from there, you can link to our blog. And on our blog, if you scroll back through several posts, we did some pictures of... Uh, some of the things we saw shortly after Hurricane Michael. Also, if you go to our our homepage, stevenjohnny.com, you can link to our Facebook page. And we would really like it if you would like it. We've got uh, many thousands of people who hang out with us on Facebook, and we would like you to be one of them. And we will, uh, well, we always post news events, things we're going to be doing. And we actually do take care of our own page. It's yeah. not like we have people that do that. So if you need to communicate with us, you can do that through the Facebook page. And uh, we've we've been able to keep up with many of our listeners. And uh, if we're going to be doing something, you're going to find out yeah. about it right there. For example, we've got the, the book signing coming up on March 15th mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon in Morton Grove. You see that right there on the page. We're also going to be doing a podcast with our buddy who's coming in at the 4 o'clock hour. Yeah, we're going to be doing the uh, Consumer Guide Car Talk podcast with our friend Tom Appel. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll find more information about that, too. So a lot of things coming up. Stay with us. Uh, let's see. We can try and sneak uh, Elizabeth in. Elizabeth, good morning, morning. you two. Hi, Elizabeth. I remember when you got a big box and you kept looking at it, and it was something called a computer. <laughs> Yep. And finally decided, well, we better open this and see what it is. <laughs> and then every Wednesday you had 
There is no such thing as it's a dumb, dumb computer, computer question. question. Yeah, and that's right. But but do you remember, Elizabeth? We got so frustrated when Steve took the manual out for that computer, and it was so intimidating because we paid six hundred and sixty-six dollars, and I always maintain it was the mark of Satan. So we just put a doily on the box and put a lamp on top of yep. it and took a picture and said, "That's what we're doing with our computer." And Tom Peterson was the one who had recommended. No. It. Was it Tom? It was or Dan, was it Dave Ellsworth? Dave Ellsworth was the news director at the time. I knew said, it was. It, the problem was caused by the news department. The news department's to blame. That's right. I hate to tell you this, but I still don't have a computer. And one of my daughters is married to somebody who does a lot with computers. Yeah. And he he keeps saying, you don't have a computer? No. Well, you know what frustrates me? And and, uh, I said this just the other day. We were in a doctor's office, and... Uh, this person stepped up to the counter and they said, well, you need to fill out all this paperwork. You didn't do it on your computer. And so he said, I don't have a computer. And I realized there are things like that, you know, that people assume everyone has a computer and they don't. And and as much as as I I love computer technology, but it really taxed me off that the majority of businesses are designed for people with computers, and there's still a ton of people who don't have, don't ever want to have a computer and give them access to the information somehow. Yes. I'm 86 years old, and I'll die not having a computer. (laughs) That would be your claim to fame. You're you're a kid. (laughs) That's a great one. Well, thank you for checking in tonight. Great memory. Oh, my God, I love you, too, so much. Thank you. Oh, you're sweet, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Nice to hear from you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. Have a great weekend. Listener says, good morning. I left Santa Rosa Beach yesterday. Boy, we know that well. Right down the road from our little yellow house. He said, I spent the night in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I will uh, get on the road this morning for home. First time in the panhandle, and I enjoyed 10 days on the Gulf. It was Mm. some cold weather, though. I'm sorry. It was kind of a cold January, February. Yep. Well, coming up in the next hour... We're going to be joined by a uh, longtime friend, Tom Appel. He is the publisher of Consumer Guide. And this is the final weekend for the Chicago Auto Show. So we're going to get some of the must-view cars, trucks, SUVs, whatever, Vehicles. at the Chicago Auto Show. And also, we're going to go old school and come out of the 4 o'clock news with something that we used to do for years on a Friday morning to kick off the weekend so get ready to crank up your radio to the threshold of pain and uh we're gonna have some fun so stay with us more coming up at wgn radio
how many people are waking up right now saying, what the, Or how many people would hear this as they were driving to work on a Friday morning thinking, yes, yes, just eight hours and then it's my weekend. Yep. Yeah, we had to go real old school. And if you're just waking up and wondering who the heck we are, I'm Steve King. She's Johnny Putman. And uh, Matt Bubala is taking the night off. And it just so uh, worked out that we were in town and felt like doing a drive-by, and this uh, works out to be the 35th anniversary of the first time Johnny and I were ever on WGN Radio together. And that weekend song, by the way, people are uh, texting now, 981-312-981-7200, and they want to know, okay, what's the name of the group again? It's Wet Willie. Wet Willie. And th- that is, I was just telling Tom Appel, that is one of those rare songs that even though we have played it umpteen thousand times, I never, ever, ever get tired of it. It is just so good. I know. We were going to turn it down and then start talking. We all went, nah, we got to hear the song. Well, and not turning it down reminds me of uh, one of our favorite human beings, Bob Rose, engineer at WGN Radio. Used to drive him nuts every Friday morning because I'd start playing this thing and crank up the speakers. That's right. <laughs> Why do you have to? Because it's good. It so good. Yeah. Well, you actually did that just to aggravate Bob Rose. No. <laughs> um, but the other little chortling that you hear in the background is uh, the guy that was right here with us on New Year's Eve, New Year's morning. Yeah. Remember that, Tom? I do. You do and, remember? And forgive my chortling. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and he's been nice enough to get up early and come on out and hang out with us. He is from here. You're going down to the Chicago Auto Show, the final weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. Yeah. And uh, one of the things we wanted to pick your brains about for a, a lot of people who are listening to us now that are going to go to the final weekend of the auto show, what are some of the must-see vehicles? Yeah, you have to see the new Corvette. Uh, you have to see the new Ford Mustang Mach-E. Uh, and those are two really interesting vehicles. Wow. For people who don't know about the Mach-E, Ford has been uh, uh, got, gotten all sorts of attention for this very controversial thing they've done where they have an electric vehicle coming out, and they've decided to brand it Mustang. And, and we all know that electric vehicles have arrived in the U.S., and then all if it's not a Tesla, no one wants to buy them. Yeah. Right? Sales are slow. But Ford has, has drummed up all sorts of excitement by, by borrowing the Mustang name and Mustang design cues, put it on this sort of smallish mid-sized crossover and called it the Mach-E, and they're promising that it's going to have Mustang-like performance. So it's going to be very fast. This is a, a real chance they're taking, isn't it? Because Mustang is one of those rare heritage names you right. don't mess with this yeah you don't have many names like mustang left in the yeah. u.s branding portfolio really there's there's jeep you know maybe wrangler yeah mustang corvette maybe mm-hmm. camaro there's not a lot of names left mm-hmm. but that's a big one so yeah this is a big deal but it looks really cool does it look good yeah it does look good does it look hot i mean for that audience at once that cool looking mustang i'm gonna argue that it does look pretty cool um i, I don't know how much it actually looks like a mustang oh, the taillight okay. integration it, that kind of looks like the rear three-quarter view yeah. looks a little bit like a mustang so but, so which audience is this aimed at is this aimed at the traditional mustang buyer or is it aimed at the now family man or woman 
who needs a bigger vehicle for the family but would still like to retain some semblance of cool? That's a good question, and I don't know the answer. I think that they are still, unfortunately, doing the early adopter thing. I think that, that that's still where we're at with electric vehicles. So I think that this is just sort of cool. If you guys are familiar with Rivian, uh, that's the electric car maker that's setting mm-hmm. up shop in uh, the normal Illinois plant that used mm-hmm. to belong to Mitsubishi. Right. So they introduced a couple, 18 months ago, two vehicles that are incredibly radical looking. And one's a pickup and one's a crossover. And they've kind of got the world abuzz about the style and design of those vehicles. Mm-hmm. But I think interest in those, even though it's a pickup truck, isn't pickup buyers. I think that it's early yeah. adopters who want something that's kind of really stylish. Oh, I would be right yeah. there for that. And because- I think that's what's going on with Mustang. Because we've seen now Audi came in with the e-tron a year ago and Jaguar with the I-Pace. And these are both uh, compact crossovers mm-hmm. that are electric. They can't give them away. So wow. more conventional electric vehicles, even from very recognizable brands, aren't doing well. So there still seems to need to be an angle. It needs to be hot or cool or extremely stylish, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 let me segue just a smidge. Actually, do we need to take save, a break? Save that yeah. thought. So, so I, I will save my smidge uh, <laughs> until after we take a break. So stay with us at WGN. King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio, 312-981-7200, the phone number for uh, phone or text. Tom Appel is with us in the studio, and you hear Tom on with Nick DiGilio. And Tom did uh, this show with us for a long time. You kind of inherited this role. I did. Because you were coming in here with Frank Piler. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Frank is still alive and well in yes, publishing Collectible Automobile. In fact, he says hello. Well, hello back to Frank. Yeah. But before you were doing the car thing, you were listening to our show. <laughs> I was. Because I remember we reminisced about you calling in one night. We were talking about music, and you called in. The the first time ever I called into a radio talk show ever, uh-huh. you guys were talking about, surprise, how bad CDs were. Oh! Really? Yes, and I had just purchased as a gift um, for a girlfriend. That took, that went nowhere, by the way. Uh, but but a gift for a girlfriend, uh, Wings Over America on CD. Yes. Mm. And I was kind of stunned that a Paul McCartney anything would sound terrible. Yeah, but it was murky. It was terrible. And that was the problem. This stuff was just really poorly well, done. And the classic example that, that I've used for years was in the early days of transfer from analog to digital, Motown did their whole catalog. And it was just a trebly tinny mess. For example, if you got the song uh, My Girl by The Temptations, and the bass line, instead of sounding like doom, 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 was, was like, what the? They were doing it for the money and not paying attention to the sound. Yeah. And and the, uh, uh, the wing stuff was another horrible example. Well, I remember, and I'm sure everyone 
remember everyone my age or older remembers this, but when CDs were rolling out, there was a lot of stuff that just became available right away. Yeah. And I think that was largely the bad stuff. Yep. And then a lot of artists rolled out their stuff yeah. slowly. I remember Elton mm-hmm. John did this and David Bowie did this and the Beatles did this. Where they release the stuff slowly, and I think it was carefully mastered and put together yeah. they well, wanted, the way they wanted it. Isn't to. it Neil Young that says someday we'll look back and say there, there at one time there in the seventies there was some good music that was being recorded. It just hasn't been recorded for. No, he uh, I think his line was, "There was a lot of great music in the seventies. It's a shame none of it was ever really Re- recorded. recorded." Yes, yes. Well, speaking of cars, as we are with Tom Appel, because oh, the auto show is in town. I, I need to resurrect my smidge. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a smidge of a segue. You were talking about uh, new vehicles that can be, what do we want to say, environmentally friendly? Sure. One of the weirdest concepts I've heard of is the new GMC Hummer? Yeah. Explain it to me. I don't know if I can. I don't know. I don't <laughs> okay. Know. Um, but but General Motors, at the time of the bankruptcy, 2009, 2010, attempted to sell off the Hummer brand, and right. that didn't happen. There were Chinese companies that pretended to pony up cash, but ultimately General Motors thought, well, we'll, we'll just keep this in our portfolio. But the brand died. So the H1, the H2, the H3, these these poster children for, for fuel consumption disappeared. And you think that would be it for the Hummer brand. You think it would be too tarnished. But then we learned at the Super Bowl, watching the Super Bowl, that Hummer is going to become a sub-brand at Gen- a GMC. And it's going to launch as a pickup truck, but there's probably crossovers to follow. Mm-hmm. But these will be pure electric vehicles. And there's a lot going on here and a lot at stake. Because if we remember the General Motors strike from late last year, uh, there were two plants on the chopping block, and one of them was, um, um, I'm not going to think of the name of it, but in Ohio, and the other one was uh, Hamtramck in Detroit. Right. Hamtramck's the one that they kept in the portfolio, and they're now going to use exclusively for building electric vehicles. And one of the first vehicles that's going to come out of there will be this GMC Hummer pickup truck, and it's going to be a pure electric pickup. And and they teased, the, LeBron James was in the commercial, and right. they teased yeah. the grill. But one of the things that they, they said was a number that almost makes no sense, which was 11,500 pounds of torque, which is a thing that doesn't even make sense. It's not even out of scale. Huh? You know, it's it's four times the torque of the Corvette. Yeah. Or three and a half, whatever it is. But it's an insane amount of torque, but you can do that with electric motors. So they seem to be teasing You can do that for electric motors? Electric motors generate insane amount of torque. I didn't know so that. It's, it's fairly easy to build a fast car that's electric. It's just a question of range of battery size. Wow. Insane torque was one of my favorite heavy metal groups. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't, it should be. <laughs> Love those guys. <laughs> Aren't they really, really, really taking a chance? On one hand, you have certainly a well-known name, Hummer, but when people think of Hummer, they think of gas consumption. Yep. So don't you have to, on one hand, you've got the, the the brand name familiarity. On the other hand, aren't you going to have to climb over an additional hill of, no, it's not going to waste gas. It's actually going to give you better fuel. I, that's a lot to climb. Why didn't they just Why? get a, a, yeah, a new name? With- yeah, that's a great question. And we talked about this at the office. And does it being electric erase the, the wastage thing that right. the, the brand is recognized for? And does Hummer have enough cash cachet when you're talking about ruggedness and off-road ability? I don't know. No, I wonder if it'll be big in, in foreign markets. Because I remember we used to go to a while... 
Wild Cadillac in, up in uh, Libertyville. Libertyville. And uh, I remember we were talking to one of the salespeople about the popularity. Well, we, were t- of, we were talking with Erwin oh, Wild too. Yes, and he was talking about how many Hummers he sends over to. He said they could hardly keep the Hummers in stock because people were ordering East. them online oh, like crazy. Yeah. He said, oh, that's where we have a big business. We send them off to the Middle East all the time. And I thought, okay. I remember knowing that, that they were popular in Russia, too. Yeah. I don't know what popular is defined right, as, but, right. but more than yeah. you would expect. Two people have them, you yeah. know. Yeah. But now our experience was, because we're still road testing cars, and we've been doing that for over 25 yeah. years. We were the first male, female in the country that were doing this kind mm-hmm. of thing, certainly on radio. Um, and, and I've always said that there are vehicles that have preconceived notions people have about them. And the Hummer is one of those vehicles. I will never forget, we were in a red Hummer on the Kennedy Expressway trying to get to work. (laughs) There was an accident. It was bumper to, or maybe it was construction, bumper to bumper traffic. No one would let us get over. Our blinker is on. No one... Because you're driving a damn Hummer. Who do you think yeah. you are? I literally rolled down the window, hung my head out, and did the prayer symbol. <laughs> Please. Yep. I'm begging. Finally, somebody let us in. And I said to him, it's because we're in this vehicle. They think you think you're better than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. We're going to punish you. A funny story about that. Damon Bell, one of the editors at Consumer Guide Automotive, was driving an H3, which was not the giant wasteful right. vehicle. It mm-hmm. was more midsize and actually it was powered by a five-cylinder engine. It was actually a reasonably mm-hmm. capable midsize SUV. Uh, but he had parked his car outside of something like a Starbucks, went in. When he came back out, there was a note on his window that said, people who drive Hummers make wars in the Middle East necessary. Oh, my God. Strong message to follow. Wow. See, that proves my point. So there's some of that sentiment that, yeah, General Motors has to get past. Wow. Hmm. And uh, can I just take you on the flip side of that? Remember, I said the one that people were all warm and fuzzy about was the Volkswagen Beetle when it it came back. People go, oh, it was like having a a bag of puppies in your arms. People go, oh, I love it. Oh, park by me. Oh, can I take my picture with it? Yeah, I had no love for that second generation golf. It was cool, I guess, but or a beetle, but beetle sorry, yes. because it was just a curvy golf. It was not yeah. the original, <laughs> yeah. super cheap to own, super cheap to buy. Have you seen this new thing where people are taking uh, old beetles and they're turning them into RVs? Where you no, just have the front? I, yeah. I've seen that. I'm not recently, but I've seen that. I think it, it happens a lot in Britain, actually. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so just imagine that that's what's pulling your, your bed and your, your kitchen, and, <laughs> and it doesn't seem possible. Or what are some of the other must-see vehicles at the auto show? Well, the big news now is the Corvette. Uh, a couple of years ago, General Motors redesigned the Corvette. That was the C7 or seventh generation of the right. Corvette. And it was good. It was actually very good. Mm-hmm. Didn't generate a lot of interest. Didn't generate a lot of sales. And this thing that's been rumored now for decades is that General Motors would do a mid-engine Corvette. Yeah. And that's a big deal because you're sliding the engine back. It's very expensive mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But the net effect on handling can be huge because you should have a... Uh, a mass n- neutral car that doesn't mm-hmm. understeer or oversteer. And they finally did it after after people seeing spy photographs of this car. And the interest in this right now is huge. And presumably the first year is sold out. Really? It so looks it, so it, cool. It's this very interesting that I think the Corvette has fundamentally changed. I don't think there's a lot of people out there anymore looking for sixty or $70,000 kind of mm-hmm. you know um, midlife crisis cars anymore. <laughs> so the Corvette kind of had to evolve from that, I think. But wasn't so. that one of the interesting 
parts of, uh, of this launch. Not only is it mid-engine, but for a mid-engine sports car, General Motors actually kept the price not horrible. It is ridiculously affordable for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, the base price is $60,000. If you get the right package, and I forgot what that was called, you're probably at about 70. Mm-hmm. So right around 70, you could load it up to 90 if you want to right now. Um, you but this a, is huge bang for the buck. Yeah, and it's, it's incredibly fast. They're talking about 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds. I don't know what, what? the top speed is. Yeah, yeah. really fast. And uh, uh, there, there are cars... You know, um, V8 Ferraris, the, uh, the the Acura NSX that cost two, three times as much money. Yeah, that are going to be embarrassed by it on a racetrack. Wow! Will you be able to drive it in winter in Chicago? Not easily. Because well, remember, yeah. remember yeah. that was a big deal when we yeah. got the the vet, and they said, "Now you're going to be able to drive this year round. You don't have to park it." And mm. and we did that. I, yeah, when, I, I was impressed. The mid engine helps with that, but it's still ultimately rear drive, and the tires, yeah. unless you swap out tires. Oh. Maybe you could, but even then, it's never going to be good in the snow. Yeah, wh- why would you want to? Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's, that's... yes. We're going to take a break and come back and, and hold your thought on the subject of vet because on the All way right. over here, um, Tom observed a vet <laughs> and had a funny story. So stay with us on WGN Radio. <laughs> Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That song is not from 1962. No, that's James Hunter. Yeah. And that's uh, an instrumental from his album Hold On. And the title is Satchel Foot. Tom Appel is with us in the studio. Tom Appel from Consumer Guide. And uh, one of the fun things we did over the years was off the air, we would be trading music. Yes. And saying, you've got to hear this, or have you heard this? And you'd say, I just bought this because I heard you play it on the radio, which is really cool. But as you were driving in tonight, I met you down the hall by the green room, and I said, do you have a good trip coming in? And you said, yes, until I got off the expressway. And what happened then? (laughs) Yeah, so I had a really clean shot from the northwest suburbs down 90. I pull off on Ohio. Ohio's a little bit backed up, and I'm following a white Corvette with a black top. No, wait a minute. A little bit backed up at 345 in the morning. Unbelievable. With yeah. all the clubs and the Ubers and the cabs. So this, this white Corvette in front of me slams on the brakes. A very, very tall gentleman in a huge hat gets out and proceeds to pee on the sidewalk. He, <laughs> no no flashers, nothing. He just stopped the car. I can't get wait, around Wait, wait, he was wearing a hat? He was already hat? flashing. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> wait. I'm hung up on the fact that the tall man was wearing a hat and a Corvette. That is weird. That is. I, I, he had to put his hat on to get out of the car to pee. You raise a very interesting point. He must have put his <laughs> hat on. To get out. <laughs> because I don't fit in a Corvette height. No. That's crazy. So then when you digested what had just happened, what happened to you? I believe I killed a rat. <laughs> <laughs> It may have been dead or it may have been injured, but I definitely hit it. Oh, my so. gosh. What car are you road testing? <laughs> I'm driving the new Sonata, the new Hyundai Sonata, which is radically redesigned. Very good looking. Well, very controversial looking. I like it. 
uh, Why is it controversial? Uh, it's got some interesting curves. So different. And it's been described as catfish-like from the front. <laughs> Which is not okay. a good thing now. No, you know, no, I love a good plate of catfish, but if you've been catfished, it's not good. Yeah, catfish and sexy not usually used no, in the same sense. But in this case, it might work. I like it. Wow. Catfish I'm back on you hitting the... And th- th- this is one of uh, Hyundai's attempts to keep people in sedans, right? It is, yeah. I, the people who stayed in sedans last year picked up market share. So General Motors and Ford, the Fusion and, and, and the, the Malibu, they're gone. As, as is yeah. the Impala um, and a couple of Lincolns. Those cars are gone. A couple of Cadillacs are gone. But the people that stayed in, Honda, Toyota, Nissan, uh, Hyundai, and Kia, probably doing very well right now. Isn't that interesting? Because they, they got out because people didn't want sedans, or so they thought. Yeah, and, and there was, like the Malibu, for example, was still selling in volume. Mm-hmm. They just weren't making any money on it. And to keep a plant running, you kind of have to build... 50, 80, 100,000 units of something, but then you incentivize the crud out of it, and, and mm-hmm. you're not really making money on it anymore. Well, who's making fleet cars now? What are the the cars of choice? Are they Hyundais or? <laughs> fleet cars, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about this, but fleet cars are generally base versions of existing crossovers these days. A lot oh. of people call me, and they have, you know, they, a lot of salespeople, I have friends that, that get cars at work, and they have a list of three cars they're looking at, and they want to know which one I would recommend. And sometimes it's like a base RAV4 and a base CRV and an mm-hmm. Equinox. Okay. You know, and, and they're fairly low trim levels, and that's mm-hmm. what they're looking at. Although Cadillac, interestingly, sells very inexpensive versions of the XT4 and XT5 crossovers. Mm-hmm. You won't see them on dealer lots very much. They tend to be front-wheel drive only and low content. I think those end up in fleets, too. Hmm. Was it the XT6 that just got a superb crash test report or something like that? I think so. Did that top safety pick or top yeah. safety yes. plus, something like yeah. that? Yeah, that's Cadillac's new three-row crossover, mm-hmm. something they badly needed in their portfolio. It's not very interesting to look at, um, but it's pretty nice to drive. It's a better vehicle than I think a lot of people thought it would be. Hmm. So, again, back to the auto show, final weekend of the auto show. Any other must-see vehicles? Yeah, our, um, maybe not vehicles, but just a general thing. Everyone who's who's sick of black and white and gray and white cars, mm-hmm. uh, go to the auto show, because the stuff on the floor is delightfully colorful. Okay. Uh, I, I know this stuff doesn't usually end up on dealer lots, but our guy Damon, uh, we talked about Damon earlier, tall guy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did an article. We we have it posted already at Consumer Guide or at the at the at our blog. Uh, Thirty really interesting cars with really interesting colors. Hmm. So what we're away from now, the last two years, there were a lot of these gray tone vehicles right. that had like a solid color and a little bit of gray in them. They look mm-hmm. kind of paramilitary. Mm-hmm. We seem to be getting away from that, and there's a lot of reds and oranges again. Hmm. Remember when we would broadcast from the auto show? And we would walk around and jot down these bizarre names of colors <laughs> because there were people that worked, you know, at the manufacturing plants. And that's all they did was come up with names for yeah. ecru, you know, or eggshell or whatever. And we would jot them down and we turn it into a quiz and say, well, what is this color? Because it was so far fetched. And then all of a sudden things got all white and silver. You know, we got away from that. So it's kind of nice that we're swinging back to some personality. I wrote an article about that. Was, I think it was called 15 Shades of Grey Branding Doll. I think yes! That's what, and, <laughs> and it was just 15 mid-sized crossovers and what their silver colors yes! were. Mm-hmm. And it's just silver or gray, but it's like electric anthracite metallic. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like it would be really cool. Uh, but it's just gray. It's just gray. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to turn on the blatant plug light for a second. And... Uh, Say that people should go to cgdailydrive.com, but also 
the Consumer Guide podcast, and you've been nice enough to uh, ask us to join you in a couple weeks on the Consumer Guide podcast. Yes, and thank you for doing that. Um, we started a podcast. We just recorded episode 16 of the podcast. We're very proud of it. We've been getting great guests. Uh, we just lined up a couple of great guests. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's an hour-long podcast. Uh, we talk about a review. We talk about news. We usually have our guests. And afterwards, we do an insanely difficult quiz that flummoxes my co-hosts. So that's always fun. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and the technical name is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. It is on every hosting site, uh, so you can get to it easily. Or you can go to ConsumerGuide.com, and there's a bunch of them there you could stream. Okay. And speaking of their website, you can also find our Road yes. tests. Some of our video road tests. Right. And we'll have a, another one uh, up in about uh, another week or so. Mm-hmm. You guys do a tidy review. Well, I, I, I cannot pay you enough compliments for how tidy, compact, and, and helpful those are. And I would like to uh, also establish that we do not use a script. We actually get in the car after we spent a couple of days with it, and then we just talk about what we're experiencing in the car. In fact, one of the uh, one of the complaints yes. one of our uh, our viewers had was, well. You know, you know, you guys, being professional broadcasters, you should really just do the voiceover, do the scripted voiceover, and because uh, it would it would sound cleaner. And our thought has always been, no, we want you to hear the doors, we want you to hear oh, the yeah. wind noise, we want you to hear whatever, and we're just reacting as we're driving. And we want you to hear the gaggle of geese attacking us. <laughs> yes, or the the um, those stupid crickets that come out in the. Whatever they are, oh, but but that was uh. I will never forget that. And and which year was this? But this was the it was the Chrysler Sebring it, convertible. It was, and it was it had the retractable. It had top. the retractable uh, hardtop, mm-hmm. and crickets were out like crazy. You could hardly hear us talking over <laughs> the sound of them. We're literally yelling. But, but then we was- closed the top, and it was like. And you didn't Silence. hear them. So it was a great example of here's how tight this car is. Mm-hmm. Well, that works, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, too, that you guys always pause to to allow uh, viewers to hear the engine during full throttle acceleration yes. on yep. the highway, which is nice. Which is funny because we're in the RAV4 now, and it's a great around town car. But when you put your foot in it to get on the expressway, you're like, okay, come on, baby, come on. You can do it because you hear it working. Well, it- <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, spoiler, and we'll just get into this a little bit. We've got the uh, the 2020 Toyota RAV4, great quality, but we've been very surprised. Most four-cylinder engines today, to me, don't feel like four-cylinder engines. I mean, they have improved so much. The acceleration with this, I'm aware that it's a four-cylinder engine, and the other complaint we had is, Boy, is it bumpy. Yeah. The ride How many is times bumpy. It, really surprised. In the past few days, I've said, are we off-roading? Have we caught off-road? Yeah. Because, you know, you're just kind of jo- I was trying to uh, text someone, and I couldn't hit a, a letter because we were jostled. So, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you, you said it was a limited that you were driving when we yeah. were talking off-air. So that might be 18 or 19-inch wheels. And we're still in that period of time where we're suffering from gigantic wheels. Mm. There's all this unsprung weight and small sidewalls on these tires. And, and ultimately... My, the guy that hired me at Consumer Guide way, way back then used to talk about the golden age of ride, mm. which was in the 80s when European vehicles still had 60 or 70 section sidewall tires. And that, that number is just the percent of sidewall 
that or the percent that the sidewall is of the width of the tire. So the the higher that number, the more oh. sidewall you have. And a seventy section was kind of a seventies eighties dimension, mm-hmm. but there was enough sidewall that you had maybe a little bit less control, but infinitely better ride quality and better noise suppression too. Interesting. And now we have these giant wheels and tires with no sidewall that look really cool. Yeah, and and one of the things we are always listening for too, and we're not only wind noise because that gives you an idea of how the right. vehicle is put together, but tire noise. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. tire noise is so annoying. You think, could I take this on a long trip with this constant roar, this rumble? This this brings up a point too. Around here, around Chicago. You have different types of pavement in different places. Yes. And if you're we one have of those peanut butter, <laughs> yeah. if chunky. You're, if you're one of those roads that isn't blacktop, it's just concrete, you might want to try and test drive the next car you buy on a similar surface because yes. you're going to be living with that sound every day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In fact, we should spend just a couple seconds and we'll get back to talking in particulars about the auto show, but like three things to do when you're road testing a car. Yeah. Because something happened the other day and I said, oh my gosh, I hope when people go out and they road test this vehicle, they do this, this, and this. But we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Tom Appel from Consumer Guide is with us here on WGN Radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That is a little more of James Hunter, one of the best shows that we saw last year at the uh, City Winery. If you ever get the chance to see James Hunter, go see James Hunter. we're going to call you the next time he's in town. That is the best show. Well, I would love that. Yes, yes, yes. That sounds awesome. And if you're just joining us, that man we're going to call is Tom (laughs) Appel. He is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And uh, we should back up a, a little bit and say... Why are we talking cars? Well, uh, we've done this for years. Uh, We're uh, proud to be members of MAMA, which is the Midwest Automotive Media Association. In fact, I think we were some of the first members. uh, I remember back when uh, Jim Jim Matea pitched us the idea of joining this new organization, and that was, oh, how many years ago? That was over 25 years ago, and at that time, there was only one other woman besides myself. Yeah. And um, I was the only one, I think, the, the two of us were the only ones that liked the purple shirts that we had to wear back in the yeah, well, days. Yeah. And Jim and Tad did nothing but complain about those purple shirts. <laughs> um, but the, the, the nation's largest auto show is going on for one more weekend. Yeah. And this is a really big deal because now this is the consumer show. This, You know, when I was growing up in Chicago, this is where we went on dates. You waited till February. I can't tell you how many times I spent Valentine's at the auto show with my date of that year. Did you do that when you were growing up? I don't think I ever took a date there, but I always made a point of being there for a full day. Yeah. Because I was yeah. such a geek. I could easily spend eight oh, hours yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I will never forget. I got so wrapped up in the auto show. Oh, this that's was right. One day, uh, this would have been in the 70s, going to the auto show. Before I went to the auto show, went to uh, uh, a restaurant, and it had snowed, slipped on the ice, fell. Okay, fine. Uh, got up. Went to the auto show, at the auto show for several hours, leaving the auto show with all kinds of brochures and things in my my right arm. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know, my right arm doesn't feel so good. 
And long story short, I had to go to the emergency room. Oh. The fall, I had broken my elbow, but <laughs> I was so wrapped up, and I'm going to the auto show. He was that I had the address, and I had caring. literally. Bags. All kinds of brochures and things. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and again, it's going on one more weekend. Yeah. And this is going to be a really big weekend. Weather's cooperated. You know it's the auto show when there's a snowstorm and there's President's Day or some holiday, right? And Valentine's Day. So um, it continues. And a listener said, is it true that there's no Mercedes this year at the auto show? No, the brand that didn't show up, I think, was BMW. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and this has been a thing for auto shows globally. Uh, the Frankfurt Auto Show, was, which was, uh, was that earlier this year, late last year, was a disaster. Like, manufacturers pulled out of it. But the thing about the Chicago Auto Show is that the population here buys cars, mm-hmm. and they buy a lot of cars. So manufacturers are pretty much attached to this show. And actually, local BMW dealers are fairly upset that BMW doesn't have floor space here they this just year. felt that it wasn't worth the investment or? yeah it costs a lot of money to be at the show oh, sure. and so and everyone's everyone now because everyone everyone's fairly certain we're going into sort of an automotive sales slide for a few years hmm. so people are, are being more careful about how they allocate their money additionally like we just talked about the ford mustang mach e the the electric vehicle that was not introduced at an auto show and we're seeing more and more that if a manufacturer has a major introduction they're not doing them at auto shows anymore. They want the mm-hmm. spotlight to themselves. So that's that's part of the reason why they seem to be pulling away from auto shows to some extent. Mm-hmm. So uh, this happened in a big way to Detroit over the last few years. Chicago's gone largely unaffected by this. Maybe the number of reveals mm-hmm. that the media attends have dropped a little bit. But, but people are still going to the show. And for the most part, if you're looking for a compact crossover, every single one of them is there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Lister wants to know, is the show as big as it's been in past years? Oh, uh, I think it's about the same floor space. It used both of those rooms on the main floor. So yeah, it's still a... Yeah. Wear comfortable shoes. Yeah, it's, it's still about a million, <laughs> yeah, really. thousand feet, something like that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and the, 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 the key question, do they still have the world's best fudge? <laughs> yes. And that, Mackinac Island. Oh. I always ask about that. The fudge is there. Mm. Okay, I said we should take a moment and just talk about things. You mentioned if you're going to road test a car, you should take it on these different kinds of pavements so mm-hmm. you can see how the car behaves. We road tested a vehicle recently, the Palisade. Yeah. And I found it so disconcerting because it was not a big deal made about the fact that there's a feature on this Hyundai that when you come to a stop after a few seconds, the engine shuts down, which also shuts down your heater. Or if it's air AC, it shuts down your AC fan. And so, that one of the things that, that I found disconcerting was a lot of manufacturers have a feature like this, yeah. but with the Hyundai, it just seemed like everything shut down, and when and, you and went there was to a start lag it, there's a lag, and it really so the light changes, or you the traffic starts moving, and you put your foot on the gas, and there's like that lag, and oh, my car just started. It's almost feels like you turn the key to get the car to start back again. Did Did you find that? this was worse when it was cold or was it bad the whole time oh, the whole time the whole time interesting and yeah. when it was really cold it was bad because when the when we were in traffic and the blower cuts down you're like well, hey you know what if i'm sitting in bumper to bumper traffic on the kennedy and it's 90 i don't want my ac to cut down and one of the many reasons it surprised us is we are both huge hyundai fans that by and large hyundai is a great bang for the buck purchase yeah and the palisade is, is mostly very impressive oh yeah um I, and i cannot remember about the palisade can you turn off the stop start feature no, no. I, and i googled okay. that i went to all of these message boards to see what people were doing and they were doing nothing but 
complain <laughs> because they had not road tested it to the extent that they knew that this was going to be bothersome to them and after a week i said i'm really not embracing this concept because i was so aware of always driving you know funny thing about that too that that really drives home the point about spending enough time with the vehicle stop start functionality won't kick in until the vehicle is fully warmed up so you need to drive it for 10 15 minutes before stop start will even start working yes yes so on a short test drive you'll never know so drive it for 10 or 15 minutes before you stop it (laughs) <laughs> right. Warm exactly. it up. Just drive around in a circle in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. good. Uh, but, you know, again, you've talked about this before. Tires, you, you should be aware. Can you live with this particular tire that's on the car? Never assume you can live with the seats. You won't. If you don't like the seats from the get-go, you will not like the seats. You're not going to break those seats in. They're always going to be bothersome to you. If the base is too short, it's not going to get longer. And especially if you have to drive a long, you know, like you do coming from the suburbs, it's a long drive. So, well, it always goes by too fast with you. Any blatant plugs we've missed? I don't think so. I don't think. Oh, oh, people can follow me on Twitter. I am car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. Okay. okay. Wait and plug. And you will hear him with Nick DiGilio. Uh Is there kind of a, like a semi-regular visit? With Generally, you? it is the uh, the between Monday and the first Monday and first Tuesday of the month, that evening. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we always enjoy that. And Tom can be seen wandering around the auto show this weekend, the final weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. Well, this has been fun for us, us being Steve King and Johnny Putman. And a final blatant plug, don't forget, uh, we would love to see you Sunday, the 15th of March, 2 o'clock. We're going to be at the Morton Grove Library doing an appearance and uh, book signing. You can follow us. Go to uh, steveandjohnny.com and uh, you'll be able to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and all the ships at sea. Thank you for celebrating 35 years with us here on the radio. And it was 35 years ago we said this. Good morning. Orian Samuelson. And good morning, Stephen Johnny. Nice to hear you this morning. Thank you. Nice to hear you. (laughs) And I have to tell you, uh, Johnny, uh, that uh, I had my first date with Gloria at the auto show. Oh, you did? Really? Yes, indeed. At the black tie event on the opening night. Yeah. Yeah. I got all dressed up in a tuxedo and took Gloria to the auto show, and that was our first date. And She's still sticking with me, so yes, she is. That's good. Well, who could resist Orion in a tuxedo? So, <laughs> well, it's great to hear you. Seriously, Steve and I were like pinch me. At thirty-five years, we've been sitting here, and th- for thirty-five years, you've been the guy. You are Max. Yeah. You've been the guy that we've been handing it off to. So this is really excellent that we could do this this morning. Oh, well, I'm glad we could do it too. And uh, you've got thirty-five years. I've got sixty years in Ooh, September. So, Lord, yeah, you're just a kid. So your kids. Yes. Have a good weekend, though. Thank you. You too. Okay. More coming up uh, on WGN Radio.